It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. And we welcome you to week two of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside Joe Limble. Chris Kidd, happy to have you along. The fastest three hours in radio. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, the second full week of high school basketball for boys and girls in the state of West Virginia. We're with you until midnight. We will go over scores from across the state over the course of the night, games that are still going on right now. We're tracking them as well. Um, we can already tell you there's one score that has caught all of us <laughs> off guard up here tonight. Definitely. Uh, and we think it will catch you off guard a little bit as well. I won't say that's a shock who won, but the manner in which they won was definitely a big surprise. So we'll talk about that as we go on throughout the course of the evening. We'll also have several guests who will uh, join us on the phone from all across the great state of West Virginia here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Chris Kidd. WVOW radio slash internet feed on TV. Uh, welcome, welcome back. Yes, welcome back to the welcome back to the program. Oh, thank you guys for having me again. It's like I got my hands dabbled in a little bit of everything. Still making nothing, but you know it, it's all worth it. You know it's fun. That's what we love about this. A fully volunteer staff here at. Uh, I'm at WOW. So you do what you got to do, right? And he also I, saw I, lo- a, I love you, Jay. And he saw, and he saw a ghost when he came in because I'm like, I had to do a double take. I said, what are you doing here? <laughs> I was ready to turn around and go home. was a little under the weather tonight. Yeah, yeah the, the coach Rick Marone, unable to join us tonight. We certainly hope he's feeling a little bit better. Uh, also, and uh, Bill Cornwall unable to join us tonight because he's in Albuquerque, New Mexico for That's the New a terrible Mexico place Bowl to be in <laughs> tomorrow as Colorado State and Marshall uh, go head-to-head in that game. But we've got uh, a bunch of scores that are rolling in tonight. Some are final, some aren't. Some games going down to the wire. We've got one game in overtime that features a reigning state champion right now. We've got a lot to go with. Tournament so, games, Christmas tournaments, and oh, all they kinds are, of stuff. They on. are all over the place. So I'm going to turn it over to Joe for our first look at the Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Taking a look at the boys' side of the scoreboard. So far, the scores we have in, it is a, it was a tight one. I listed a little bit of this one coming in tonight. Rome County defeats Nicholas County in the IOGA boys' uh, consolation game and the uh, Raiders win that one 67-62. It was Buckhannon Upshur falling to Riverside uh, this evening. Actually, that game is at the half and uh, Buckhannon trails the Riverside 30-22. In the uh, FCA tournament up in Charleston, it was Calvary Baptist falling to Sissonville 56-51. It was George Washington over St. Albans 62-39. At the half, Parkersburg South leads uh, the Musselman Appleman 38-25. At the half, it's Trinity leading Mount Carmel Christian 44-11. Moorfield has defeated East Hardy 52-32. The Blue Dons of Madonna at the end of three are all tied up with Steubenville Catholic at 35. Magnolia has leads Valley Wetzel at the half, 34-32. Bluefield defeats Mountview this evening, 74-50. 
Weir and a final with the Red Raiders uh, fell to Indian Creek, Ohio, 43-37. The Pioneers of Wayne uh, picks up a big win this evening over Huntington Grace Christian uh, by a score of 70-55. Hurricane. Uh, at the end of, uh, or close to the end of the fourth quarter, is like a minute to go. Hurricane trails Capital 64-63. It was the Chapmanville Tigers picking up a big win in Madison tonight over the Scott Skyhawks, 93-41. It was the Irish of Charleston Catholic uh, defeating Greenbrier West, 61-38. Greenbrier East uh, fell to Woodrow Wilson, or that game is at the end of the third right now. 63-45, Woodrow leads it. Hampshire, the Trojans, score 101 points and defeat Hedgesville by a score of 101-24. The Wildcats on the road tonight uh, defeated the Herbert Hoover Huskies by a score of 50-27, and it was the Huntington Highlanders defeating the Parkersburg Big Reds. Ryan? I actually want to tell you something. I want another check on that uh, <laughs> on that game uh, with Hampshire and Hedgesville. That one, I, I want to double check that score at some point. That one, that one seems a little bit <laughs> off. Sounds out there, doesn't it? Yeah. All right. Other scores that we do have tonight in boys basketball: University defeats John Marshall, one hundred eight to forty. Lots of points in that one tonight for the Hawks, who are a perfect three and zero. Lewis County. In the third quarter, leads Fairmont Senior, 44-40. Tonight, also, Lincoln falls to Robert C. Bird. The Eagles go to 2-1 with a 67-41 win. Gavin Kennedy, 15 points for Robert C. Bird. In the third quarter, Lincoln County leads Mann, 39-20. Here's a score that will surprise many folks tonight. In Clear Fork, West Side holds serve at home. The Renegades defeat Mingo Central 85-62, the final in that one. Shane Jenkins, 32 points, and Corey Hatfield, 27, as the Renegades pick up a 25-point home victory over the Miners. Nitro with a big win tonight at Polka, 67-44, the final in that one. And also in boys basketball tonight, it was Ravenswood defeating Work County, 83-41, the victory for the Red Devils. Let's go to girls basketball now. Several games we have finals for. We're still working on a bunch more. Final tonight, it was Tays Valley Christian defeating Lincoln, 49-34. That was in the FCA Hoops Classic. Also in the FCA Hoops Classic, St. Joe defeats George Washington, 82-59. If there were any doubts about St. Joe because of that game with St. Francis, Maryland last week, Forget about it. They're still really, really, really good. Cameron <laughs> defeats Valley Wetzel, 46-26 the final. And that one, Kelsey uh, Mentel with 20 points tonight in the win for the Dragons. It was Frankfurt defeating Kaiser in the Battle of Mineral County, 72-40 to the final. Abby Beenan, 29 points for Frankfurt in the victory. The Riverview Raiders defeat Hurley, Virginia, 94-34. Kirsten Roberts, a school record, 44 points in that one. And a game that is right now in overtime. It is Fairmont Senior and Lewis County tied at 53. And a game that has just gone final, just on the scoreboard tonight, Preston defeats Elkins, 55-38. That is your first check of the Marshall University Sports Journalism Basketball Night.com scoreboard. 
Hey, Ryan, in that uh, re- uh, Riverview game, uh, Kirsten Roberts also broke the 1,000-point uh, scoring mark in that game tonight as well. Well, if you're going to go for 44, you might as well just go <laughs> ahead and go big or go home, right? <laughs> that's right, that's right. But, uh, guys, that, that west side Mingo Central score is um, eye-opening. I really thought Mingo Central's uh, first test was going to be next Tuesday night uh, in Willie Akers' uh, arena there in Logan as uh, Mingo Central takes on Logan, but... Uh, looks like the West Side beat him to the punch here tonight. Also, game just gone final. Capital defeats Hurricane 68 65. Uh, that was a fantastic ball game as well. Chris, uh, a lot of interesting scores out there tonight. I know early in the season, sometimes things go a little haywire, so to speak, but um, you've got Fairmont Seniors girls, the reigning state champions, in overtime with Lewis County. That's a. That's a big game for uh, Lewis County, uh, probably a bigger game for Lewis County at this point than it is for Fairmont Senior, but at the same time, uh, that's a confidence builder regardless of how it ends for the uh, the Minute Women? Sure. Yeah, the Lewis <laughs> County Minute Men. So, the yeah. Lady Minute Men. <laughs> right. That, that is definitely, though, uh, an important game for them uh, to try to build some confidence early this year. Yeah, and that's the, the wonderful thing about high school basketball this year on the boys' and girls' side. There's so many competitive teams and so many deep teams i mean you're looking at uh, especially like in boys and double a i mean you're you're looking at possibly 15 20 teams that could maybe have a say in going to charleston this year on the girls side you're starting to see more of that as well and the fact that lewis county has been able to push fairmont senior this tough already this season like you said it's too early to push the panic button for anybody but that's an impressive result thus far for lewis county and we do have a score correction on the boys side it was hedgesville 101 hampshire 24 Oh, okay, so you did get the, the correction that you were looking and, for on that and, But still, that, that is very uh, surprising. And I don't care. In high school basketball, <laughs> if you score 100 points, you've done something. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Three seconds to play also in that girls game now. Fairmont Senior leads Lewis County 63-60 as uh, the Polar Bears hit a three-pointer with 11 seconds left in the game to uh, take the lead. And they're very, very late in that one as well so uh, busy night on the scoreboard uh, and that game has just gone final by the way in girls Fairmont Senior defeats Lewis County 63-60 but um, still uh, early on in the season you're trying to gauge where you are and uh, Joe there were several boys teams that played their first games tonight and I know that might seem a little bit late but uh, some coaches uh, you know you have to factor in do you think you're gonna have a good football program do you need to wait just a little bit Maybe you feel like you need the extra practices before you get ready to go, and um, maybe that condenses the remainder of your schedule a little bit. You might not have as many days off throughout the course of the season, but uh, you can kind of work on some things, and maybe a late start isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just a different way to get into it. Exactly. You know, we talked about that a little bit last week. You know, uh, Mingo Central, and I just I, I think of them right off because I'm more familiar with their program. You know, they ran had a deep run into the playoffs, and then one of their star players was actually injured, and that he was lucky not even to play him uh, earlier in the week against Scott, but ended up uh, that he did play. But then, you know, you kind of wonder what happened tonight. You know, did he possibly re-injure that knee? Uh, there's a lot of factors. And then we also talked about schools getting an early start. Of course, uh, Tuesday a week ago was the opening night. Then, uh, And then some schools are not starting for a week and a half later. So it's kind of, you know, it's both ways has got its pros and cons either way you go at it. Our phone number, one eight five five seventy eight hoops That is one eight five five seven eight four six six seven seven. You can also contact us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. 
Uh, if you follow us on Twitter, you get all the scores from across the state all throughout the week. Our staff does a fantastic job of uh, keeping up with with all of those. It's certainly not an easy task. Uh, a game, a night like tonight, when you've got roughly seventy some games that we're following uh, throughout West Virginia, for instance, and uh, they do a fantastic job. Uh, with that as well and Chris I know you're familiar with the Chapmanville program and really all the, the programs in the coal fields and uh, Chapmanville the big win tonight um, not necessarily a surprise there but um, it's one thing to have expectations and it's another to meet them and I know it's too early in the season to really get a good gauge on yeah we, we're, we're doing what we should but at the same time I think Chapmanville is playing about as people thought Chapmanville was capable of playing. Yeah, and the fact they've got so much senior leadership on this team, I think, is a big key component of this. You know, you look at Williams as senior, Smith as senior, James Ellis off the bench as senior, Kyle Browning starting point guard as senior, and they've been to the state tournament each of the last two years, almost knocking off Polka in the round of eight, then getting all the way to the state finals last year. I feel like they have that sense of urgency like there's some unfinished business and what they've done again they've been the upstart they've been the team that almost got over the hump a few times now now I feel like they see themselves as the hunted instead of the hunter and they do they have that air of confidence around them again I I teach at that school Uh, I'm around a lot of those kids all the time and uh, they they do they feel like they've got an amazing opportunity to make a deep run this year and you look at them they go eight nine deep even off their bench I mean you've got a kid like Devin Collins coming off the bench who single-handedly won that second Mingo Central game last year hit six threes in that game and so many key contributors Philip Mullins a sophomore stepped up tremendously this year and then Obina and Chile killing. I mean, what else do you say after what you saw in Charleston last year in those three games? He's just a, a phenomenal specimen, and the, they've got so much that they can hurt you with, both on the inside and the outside. It's going to be so difficult to guard them this year. Yeah, we talked to Coach Brad Napper last week, and he was talking about Obina bulking up in the off season. You know, yeah. I, I haven't seen him lately, so I'm kind of, you know. I wanted to go to the game tonight, but obviously we're here. But uh, anyway, hopefully get a, a chance to watch them maybe next week sometime. So Chapmanville definitely uh, should make a good run in, the, in Charleston this year. And another thing before we go to our first break is that, um, again, a week ago St. Joe's girls lose a game 60-21, uh, to 21, and that's eye-opening within the state of West Virginia. Of course, that was to – a nationally ranked seventh ranked team in the country in St. Francis of Maryland. That was in the She Got Game Classic in uh, Washington, D.C., which is one of those uh, exposure tournaments, right. much like uh, an AAU tournament would be of uh, the summer. And um, tonight, though, they beat George Washington. George Washington was 3 and 0. And um, George Washington's usually a AAA, um, you know, fringe of a state tournament team. And um, obviously, we know how good St. Joe has been in the past. It's not surprising, but the manner in victory today was probably a little bit of, yeah, yeah, they're still, they're still really good. <laughs> yeah, and that's the interesting thing about this club. If you go back and look at their win-loss record over about the last 10 years, the vast majority of those losses have been out of state. You know, very rarely have they lost to an in-state opponent, but I'm like you, to see them do that to a very solid and good George Washington ball club tonight, I think that was their, their team sending a message that, you know, uh, we're, we haven't fallen off at all whenever we come back to West Virginia, and we're going to be just about as dominant as we have been in years past. And they certainly uh, took care of business today, no doubt about that. When we come back, we were going to go to the phones and we will talk with the head coach of the Paul Paul Pirates boys team. Uh, Look at that smile on Rod's face. (laughs) We'll talk with Coach Paneris when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues. This is our first break here 
on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Special thanks tonight and welcome to our newest affiliate, 103.7 Jack FM, WQWV in Fisher. I'm sure we'll hear from Sam Blizzard tonight. Have someone remarkable on your team? Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia Standout Athlete of the Week. And tonight, you'll hear from a new Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider our nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, Click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. Fill out our nomination form and we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at BasketballNight.com. Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is important. It's serious and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable worldwide in a multi-billion dollar industry. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately, and artfully tell the stories on and off the field or court. If this sounds like you, the Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. Well, we're batting 500 on the host. <laughs> Ryan Epling, Joe Linville are with you. Chris Kidd is with you as well. Rick Marone, Bill Cornwell not with us tonight. Uh, but we certainly look forward to having them back on throughout the course of the season. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, 918 on this Friday, December the 15th of 2017. When it comes to high school basketball in West Virginia, if you've followed this sport for a long time, um, maybe not that long, but still, <laughs> if you follow this for a long time, you remember the Paul Paul Pirates run to Charleston. Uh, you remember the, the Hannon Wildcats making it to Charleston as well. There was a little run there back in uh, about 2000 through 2002 where there was always a small Class A school that, that would make it. And they would kind of be the, the darling of the tournament in, in many ways. And you knew it was a great experience for those kids and, and for that community to uh, get to participate in that tournament. One of the teams that made the tournament in 2000 and in 2002 uh, was Paul Paul High School. The Pirates made it both years. Um, give you a little bit of background on Paul Paul as we go into this. But first, 
I want to bring on Chris Poniris. He is the head coach of the Pirates now. He joins us on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Coach, welcome to the program. Thank you. Well, your ball club is off to a one and two start this year. You opened with a loss to East Hardy, but um, then picked up a win over Union before uh, falling to Northern Garrett, Maryland earlier this week. Tell me a little bit about uh, your, your team this year. Huh? Well, I've got a team. This is my first year coaching the team. It's been a while. I've been coaching uh, baseball for the uh, past 10 years or so. So it's my uh, first basketball in a while um, coaching. And so, so in our team, uh, you know, we're often uh, we're trying. Your ball club, and I want to mention this too because this is important. Out of the SSAC um, classifications, you have the fifth smallest enrollment in the state as of two years ago. 65 kids, 9 through 12, at Paul Paul High School. How do you build a program? And I know you're just in your one here, but how do you build a program um, when, when you really have such a small pool of athletes to to have uh, play on your team? Well, I tell you, you try and get every kid to play. <laughs> and uh, you go from there. So, but uh, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, I think uh, we're a little below the 65 this year. Um, I think we're a total of 187. That's K-12. Um, so, and I mean, every school we play, we're playing up. It's difficult. And, and when you coach a school that is that size and is a rural school, um, they're obviously, it's not like there's, um, you know, uh, a, a community right across the river or any of that nature right across state borders or anything where maybe a kid comes over um, that, that can help out your program from just a number standpoint. Um, what do you look at as realistic expectations for your team when you start the season? Um, I'll tell you, I think uh, the team that I have is a pretty good team. We have four seniors who, uh, you know, really stepped up and really lead the team. Um, they take turns. Um, and the rest of our team, I mean, we've got one junior, three sophomores, and the rest are freshmen for a total of 11 on the team. Um, we did try and uh, start with a JV this year, but we got into trouble up there at East Hardy and uh, wind up finishing the game with uh, four – um, four players. So, um, and you know, as far as recruiting or hoping that a kid comes this way, um, you know, our community's small. And basically, I mean, if one family moves out, another family moves in. And there's really not a whole lot of room on this side of the county to grow. So, um, it's kind of tough. Yeah, Paul Paul located in Morgan County, uh, just off Route 9. Uh, and it goes through the town, and uh, just uh, one, one of the um, right, right on the banks of the Potomac River uh, as well. Uh, um, yes. Um, I mean, also, I, I want to mention too. Looking ahead at your schedule, um, you've got a game coming up uh, tomorrow with Harmon. And what's interesting about that to me, other than it's just a basketball game, is that you're actually going to play a school that is smaller than yours. <laughs> Well, that's good. <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> that's good to hear. 
we don't get that opportunity too often. I know when we went to Northern Garrett and I was talking with their coach, he's like, ah, we have, I think he said right around 380, 400. Oh, I was like, wow. <laughs> and, uh, you know, most places we go, um, you know, we have 11 on the bench. And, uh, you know, we don't have a whole lot of depth as far as depth of knowledge. We got a lot of first-year players. And, you know, being in a small school, basically, if you come out for the team, you're pretty much guaranteed a spot unless you miss practice. So, and, uh, but it's going to be interesting tomorrow with Harmon. I know typically in the past, Harmon's always been pretty scrappy um, and pretty tough, and, you know, they like to beat and bang. So it ought to be a good one. Coach, how is it for your team, uh, like Ron mentioned, you're, you're in rural West Virginia, you're across the, the river from Maryland, and uh, and being kind of a rem- in, a, in a remote part of the state, uh, how, how hard is it to travel and to try to get your you know boys, just their heads into the game, you know, when you have to travel, you know, some pretty good distances sometimes to take on your opponents? Um, I'll tell you, it's tough, um, you know, but... I mean, we've got to do what we've got to do to play. And, uh, you know, we're in the section with East Hardy and Moorfield in the PVC, which uh, you almost have to have a dream team to come out. And even with the dream team, you got to play well that night. So, I mean, to get them ready, I mean, we just practice. We do a lot of running. So. <laughs> and riding the bus. <laughs> That's always a favorite. And riding the bus. <laughs> we're talking with Chris. So, but, I mean, we've been uh, – Harmon's about our furthest trip um, that I think we take in basketball. And I know we're in the uh, old West Virginia, um, the hit. Um, And, again, I've been out of basketball, and I'm still kind of getting back into it and kind of overwhelmed um, a little bit with all these different um, conferences that we're playing in. So it used to be the PVC back in the day when I coached. And uh, anyhow, so I'm not really sure where we're going to travel just yet because from what I understand is uh, that decision will be made, I guess, a week prior to uh, when that tournament goes down. Hey, Coach, I can assure you one thing. You definitely have a fan uh, down in Huntington Way. Uh, Ryan, uh, our host here, is a big fan of Paw Paw, and we normally have a jersey hanging up in the studio, but I think he took it home to sleep with it. <laughs> now he can't find it. So uh, I, yeah. I've heard he was a big fan. <laughs> I, I, I am. I, I really am. Uh, I, I remember the, the state tournament bid in 2000 and the, the one in 2002 as well. We actually had Josh DeLauder on this program two years ago. Um, does that name still carry a little bit of weight around Paul Paul, West Virginia? Uh, I tell you, yeah, he still remembers. Um, actually, the, I'm a teacher at Paul Paul, and uh, my students were doing a uh, promotional video, and I uh, actually included him in the uh, video. Uh, hey, Coach. Uh, uh, yeah, he. Oh. Go ahead. Oh, no, sorry, Coach. Uh, but I, I was curious just uh, talking about, you know, I, I should have went to Pawpaw. I might have had a chance to make the team if that was the case <laughs> back when I was in high school. But, uh, you know, I, I come from, uh, you know, I teach at Chapmanville where, you know, you got an enrollment of close to upwards of eight, 800 kids or so in that school. And, uh, you know, you see the excitement of round sports in that school and even at Logan where I graduated from. Uh, but can you talk about just the small town feel in that high school where you literally know everyone's name in that school? Uh, what is the, the sports atmosphere like around Paw High School considering it's such a small school? 
Well, I tell you, um, it's, I mean, you know, kids play hard. Uh, you know, they don't take the feet easily, but uh, a lot of times, you know, um, you know, we have our years where we have, you know, players just like anything, anybody else. I mean, it kind of goes in peaks and valleys. Um, so, I mean, the kids are pretty upbeat. They're willing to work hard. And, then, you know, I think they got and give their best. And, uh, you know, it's about all they can do. Yeah, we're talking with Chris Foneris, the head coach of the Paul Paul Pirates boys basketball team. Paul Paul in action tomorrow as they will take on the Harmon Panthers. And coach, once again, always a fan down here. We we keep up with how you guys are doing, and uh, we certainly wish you the best of luck throughout the course of the season. Well, thank you, and thank you for having me. All right, once again, that was Chris Poneris, head coach of the Paul Paul Pirates. When we come back, we will talk with Ed May, the head coach of the Tug Valley Panthers boys basketball team, and we'll get another check of the scoreboard. That is when basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues here after break two on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Once again, we welcome our newest affiliate, 103.7 Jack FM, WQWV in Fisher. Hey, what about those pics? Get your pictures featured on our video stream. You're watching now by YouTube, RSN Sports Facebook, or you're watching on Network West Virginia, we're featuring your pictures from games around the Mountain State. Send your pictures to us at RSN Sports on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, or you can send them to us right here on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Be part of the team here at Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. A big shout-out to some of our newest followers tonight. Follow us on Twitter. We'll mention you by name, including Coalfield Sports, Jacob Clark. You'll hear from him later tonight, too. Josh Priest, Jabber Thompson, Drew Kahn, Scott Robertson, Mon Lynch, Jacob Gerald, Charles, JMS, Phyllis, Kim Adkins, Jessica Wilcox, Roy Hood, Stephanie Archer, Josh Thorpe, Shelly McLaughlin, Carly Smith, Marsha Walker, the Hurricane Sports Network, Andoni Bum Productions, Tanner McLaughlin, the MSAC, Lord Finesse, Ryan Gump, not sure if relation to Forrest Gump, and Travis Riffle. Follow us at Hoops underscore Twitter. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 9.31 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside Chris Kidd and Joe Linville. Happy to have you along on Basketball Friday Night. 
in West Virginia. We will get a scoreboard update in just a moment. Uh, but first, I do want to go back to the phone lines, and we bring in the head coach of the Tug Valley Panthers boys basketball team, Ed May. He joins us now on the program. Coach May, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thank you guys for having me. Um, your ball club has not opened yet. So uh, you play tomorrow against uh, Shelby Valley, Kentucky. Uh, I did want to ask, though, in advance, I'm sure you've been able to get on the floor for a couple of scrimmages. Uh, how do you like where your team is as you get ready to start the 2017-2018 season? I think we've got a good group of kids. I mean, we're, we've got a bunch of seniors that's been here. They've been to the state tournament a couple of times. <clears throat> Come up a little bit short last year of what we wanted to do, but uh, I think uh, they're ready to go this year, and I think uh, we're we're ready for an exciting season. Coach, as Ryan mentioned, uh, you know, you guys have not even hit the floor officially yet. How do you work that out? Is that do you think that's to your advantage or a disadvantage with some of the other teams already having two, three, four games under their belts? Well, it's kind of a disadvantage, but it's kind of an advantage, too, because their football team was pretty good, and they they won a couple of playoff games, and we thought they would go pretty deep into the playoffs. So we kind of tried to fix their schedule to make sure that we'd have all those guys ready to go. And your ball club, again, it, it, you, you really do hit the ground running because you play within the next week, Shelby Valley tomorrow on the road, uh, then a home game against Van coming up next Tuesday, and then next Friday night you travel to Chapmanville. So uh, definitely not just uh, walking into your schedule, I guess you could say. You're kind of hitting it straight <laughs> on. No, yeah, we always hit our schedule straight on. We've got a tough schedule. I mean, if you look at the uh, top ten in AA, I think we play maybe five of those guys. And you look at the top ten in single A, we play four or five of those guys. So, yeah, we're just, we just get right into it. We're always into our schedule. Well, your team was a very successful double-A program uh, all the way through until uh, dropping down to Class A. Uh, actually, one of the, I believe the only school in West Virginia to win a state championship in different classifications in back-to-back years. And I always kind of felt like Tug Valley was a double-A playing in single-A. But that's been six years now. Does it feel like, uh, you know, do you still feel like you're kind of a a bigger program in playing in Class A? Or do you kind of now, are you seeing the, you know, strains of the the drop enrollment that led to you being in Class A? Well, no, I mean, yeah, we we feel like we could compete in double-A or single-way. I mean, I, I think we're fit, good enough to compete in either level. But, yeah, we've lost a bunch of kids over the years. You know, the coal industry's down, that type of stuff. So we lose a bunch of kids. But we've got a group of seniors this year that I think has a chance to be really good. But, yeah, it, it's showing the effects of, you know, as the, as the economy has dropped. We've lost kids, and yeah, we're we're pretty much a single way school now. 
Well, Coach May, uh, looking ahead to uh, next Friday night, I know you've got a few games before then, but you're coming down for the Chapmanville Bob Runyon Memorial Holiday Tournament, and uh, Joe and I will be there uh, doing some of the games for that. Uh, I believe you got North Marion to start things off with. Chapmanville has Mount View. Uh, a lot of people in Chapmanville, a lot of fans are very excited at the possibility of you all in Chapmanville facing off with each other, considering that the two teams haven't met in quite a while. Uh, can you talk about just uh, just possibly putting them on your schedule? Because I know that there's also some talks about you guys meeting up in future years as well in basketball. Yeah, I think I think that would be fun if it happens. I hope it happens. I mean, they have a really good team. I personally think they might be the best team on our schedule. I mean, you know, they finished runners up in Double A last year, and they got basically. I mean, they lost a couple kids, but. I think they've got a ch- really good chance of uh, winning the Dubway State Championship. And uh, I think we're we're going to do a home-and-home home next year, and hopefully we can keep that going. I'm excited about it. I hope it happens. Hey, Coach, it's Joe Linville. I, I'm just looking over your roster, and you were talking about, you know, those – guys last year that made it to Charleston most of your team was juniors you know they've they've moved up to seniors how can you compare this year's team with last year's with the improvements uh, uh you know you've got some height this year for sure I think our guys are ready to play I mean I, I, I mean we're not we're not a huge single way team we've got a couple guys six five a couple guys six four and all of our guards are around six foot so we have a pretty good size team we're pretty athletic. They're all seniors. And you know that old saying, you know, when you get to be a senior, it's all about winning. So hopefully they'll buy into that, and I think they will. And I think we've got a shot to make a run at it. You talk about your schedule, Coach, and it is one that has always been challenging, and that goes back to over decades, quite frankly. I remember um, Dave Barksdale took a Woodrow Wilson team into Naugatuck and left with a loss uh, about <laughs> Uh, 17, 18 years ago now. Um, Tug Valley obviously been one that's never backed down from anyone and someone who's not afraid to take the show on the road. So all that said, um, do some of these road trips occasionally maybe wear on you guys a little bit? I don't know. Sometimes I think they do, but our kids are excited to play in those types of games. We'd rather play a tough schedule. I would rather play two or three-point game night, night in, night out, win or lose, than to go play somebody you're going to beat 50. Our kids get excited for the big games, and so it may wear on them a little bit, but they like that type of schedule. Well, one of the programs certainly that has earned the respect of basketball fans across this, the Mountain State over the years is Tuck Valley. Ed May is the head coach of the Panthers. Coach, we thank you for joining us. We wish you guys the best of luck as you begin your season tomorrow. Appreciate it. Thanks you for having me. All right. Once again, that was Ed May, the head coach of the Tug Valley boys basketball team it's time for another check of our marshall university sports journalism basketballnight.com scoreboard take a look at the boys side of the uh, scoreboard tonight in a final it was roan county defeating nicholas county 67 62 that is in the oga boys consolation game uh up in summersville it was buckhannon upshire this uh, still score still at the half uh trails riverside 30 22 in a final it is sissonville winners tonight over calvary baptist 56 51 Another final from the FCA Tournament Classic in Charleston. It was the GW Patriots over St. Albans tonight, 62-39. 
at the end of the third quarters. Parkersburg South leads Musselman 62-35. In a final, Trinity defeats Mount Carmel Christian 77-22. Cameron defeats uh, Bealsville, Ohio, 79-43. It was Moorefield over East Hardy, 52, or yeah, 52-32. The Yellow Jackets led by Chase Vance with 15 points. It was Madonna winners tonight over Steubenville. That score was 45-43. Mag- Magnolia defeats uh, Valley Wetzel tonight, 63-59. Bluefield, the Beavers come up with a win tonight over Mount View, 74-50. It was Weir, the Red Riders, falling to Indian Creek, Ohio, 43-37. Wayne Pioneers pick up a win tonight over Huntington Grace, 70-55. It was Hurricane falling to Capital, 68-55. Chapmanville, the Tigers pick up a win tonight over the Scott Skyhawks, 93-41. It was Charleston Catholic. The Irish defeat Greenbrier West 61-38. It was Philip Barber over Grafton tonight, 82-58. Greenbrier East, the Spartans fall to Woodrow Wilson, 78-64. And a correction from earlier, it was it's Hedgesville scoring 101 points over Hampshire, 101 101- 24. Logan Wildcats pick up a win tonight uh, by defeating Herbert Hoover in a Cardinal Conference matchup, 50 to 27. And it was the Big Reds of Huntington falling to the Hun- or Big Reds of Parkersburg uh, falling to the Huntington Highlanders by a score of 74-47. All, right. Also tonight, the University Hawks pick up a home win over John Marshall, 108 to 40. University gets the win. Also tonight. It was, uh, by the way, 108, that means a point every 18 seconds. <laughs> That's impressive, right? Uh, still third quarter score. Uh, we have not got an update on this one. In boys basketball, Lewis County led Fairmont Senior 44-40. to Also tonight, uh, final score, Robert C. Bird defeats Lincoln 67-61. Lincoln County defeats Mann tonight 60-34. to it was the Westside Renegades going to 2-0 with an 85-62 victory over Mingo Central. An impressive win for Westside. Shane Jenkins, 32 points. Corey Hatfield, 27 in the victory for the Renegades. Nitro goes to Polka and defeats the Dots. 67-44 the final in that basically cross-town matchup. They're only divided by a county line. Also tonight... Final score, Princeton defeats Pikeview, 75-43 the final. Cade Fix with 22 points in the victory. Also tonight, Ravenswood defeats Wark County, 83-41. It was Greater Beckley Christian leading Shady Spring, 53-35. That game at the end of the third quarter. And at the half, Wheeling Park leads Union Local Ohio, 29-19. Jumping over to girls basketball action tonight. It is Taze Valley Christian defeating Lincoln 49-34 in the FCA Hoops Classic. Also in the FCA Hoops Classic, St. Joe defeats George Washington 82-59, the final in that one. It was Cavill Midland picking up a victory over South Charleston tonight in the FCA Hoops Classic 56-42, the final in that one. Chapmanville defeats Pocahontas County 52-45, the Tigers get the win. Also in girls' basketball tonight, Cameron defeats Valley Wetzel, 46-26. Frankfurt, behind 29 points from Abby Beeman, defeats Mineral County rival Kaiser, 72-40.
Frankfurt gets the big victory. Riverview defeats Hurley, Virginia tonight, 94-34. Kirsten Roberts, school record 44 points, goes over 1,000 for her career in that victory. Montcalm defeats Greater Beckley Christian in girls basketball tonight, 38-28. It was Sissonville defeating Herbert Hoover, 72-46 the final in that one. Pikeview picks up an 81-36 win over Oak Hill. Preston defeats Elkins tonight, final score of 55-38. And in overtime, it was Fairmont Senior defeating Lewis County, 63 the 60. That is a check of your Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Also want to mention in that Preston game that uh, senior Mackenzie Friend goes over 1,000 points in that victory for the Knights tonight. Over, over. I was going to ask Chris if Chapmanville left yesterday to go to Pocahontas County. No, that's a, that's a were, long trip. I'm just, <laughs> no, they, that's they probably were about a, a four and a half hour bus trip from Chapmanville up there. Yeah, it's a rough trip, but yeah, they were they were they were at school. <laughs> well, that game was at Chapmanville, wasn't it? It's it. We, we had, was it? <laughs> I thought it was Chapmanville at Pocahontas County. <laughs> well, somebody went a long way. Yeah, <laughs> one, one of the two teams. I was going to say, if our girls skipped school for a home game, that's impressive. I, 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 I'm <laughs> sorry, they were home. I'm sorry. No, I do remember that Pocahontas County used to host a, a, a tournament. I know uh, Tulsa played in it a few times. I believe Wayne went over and played in it once. And one of the perks to that tournament is you would go skiing while you were there. Hey, <laughs> good perk. Hey, you know, why not? Not because, if you've seen me ski. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- th- there, there are arguments for and against. But uh, nonetheless, before, before we go to break, I want to go back to the phone lines to Sam Blizzard, WELD in Hardy County. And once again, we had a Hardy County matchup tonight. It was on the boys' side as Moorfield and East Hardy uh, did battle uh, tonight in boys' high school basketball. Um, we, we joke around that every Friday night it seems like those two schools play a basketball game, boys or girls, against each other. And tonight, Sam, it was Moorfield uh, getting the home victory over East Hardy. Yes, it was, Ryan. It uh, wasn't the prettiest thing. Uh, shooting wasn't the greatest tonight, but uh, you know, Moorfield comes out with a twenty-point uh, win. And uh, you know, looking at uh, some of the individual scoring, Chase Vance had him with fifteen points. Thomas Williams with thirteen points to uh, lead the Moorfield ball club. East Hardy's uh, top player, Brett Tharp, who you know you hear a lot of for uh, football. He is out with a, I believe it's a knee injury. I uh, should be back here in a few weeks from what I'm hearing. But uh, he was not able to play tonight. Of course, I'm sure that would have you know, made a big difference. But uh, a good Hardy County ball game nonetheless. And obviously uh, not having Brett Tharp is a big deal. And correct me if I'm wrong, we're talking about the state's defensive back of the year. We are a three-time All-State wide receiver. And two years ago as a sophomore, I believe he set the uh, single-game scoring record at East Hardy. He had 44 points in a game against Berkeley Springs. So that's obviously a, a big uh, uh, hole, I guess you would call it, within what is expected from East Hardy for uh, this year. Now, that was the first win of the season for Moorfield. Uh, the Yellow Jackets had lost to Southern Garrett, Maryland, and to Strasburg, Virginia, to open the season um, when you compare how they played tonight, uh, Sam, is this a Moorfield team that um, maybe just needed a little bit of a confidence boost, needed to get that first win under the belt? 
I believe it's uh, really a young team. Only one senior on the ball club, uh, Garrett Haggerty, who had been the leading scorer, I believe, in the first couple games. Uh, didn't have a, a lot of uh, points there tonight. But, uh, good floor game for Moorfield. Uh, but, uh, you know, good good quality win there. And uh, also I do want to mention uh, we're a new affiliate for for the uh, program at WQWV, one of our sister stations over here in Hardy County. Yes, WQWV, we welcome them to our family, and we are happy to be a part of your family as well. And I, I know, uh, Sam, you were involved in, in making that happen. We greatly appreciate that. Oh, yeah, just uh, something good that we would like to get uh, get going over here, get a lot of uh, folks transitioned from football into basketball and uh, you know, tuned in every Friday night to uh, check on scores and uh, games around the uh, around the state. Hey, that's what we're, that's what we like to hear. That is uh, Sam Blizzard uh, in WELD in Hardy County, also um, uh, someone who, who has been a big help for us behind the scenes uh, getting into uh, that area tonight as well. And um, Sam, we also uh, just want to say real quickly, we appreciate it. And uh, we're up against a break, but uh, we, we certainly thank you for, again, all that you've done for us and uh, look forward to talking to you again next week. Yes, indeed. Next Friday night, Ryan. All right. That's Sam Blizzard, WLD in Hardy County as Moorfield defeats East Hardy tonight. We're going to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Shannon Lewis, the head coach of the Huntington St. Joe Irish. Their girls pick up a big win this afternoon over George Washington. We'll talk with him as Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues. This is break three on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. This is High School Basketball's Voice in the Mountain State. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. You can watch our live high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. It takes just one click to watch. You can watch us on Periscope tonight. We're also on Facebook. Facebook Live at RSN Sports Facebook page. You can watch us on Network West Virginia throughout West Virginia. And we want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. We want you to become a correspondent. Update us on your team's games. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. Call the show. We want to hear from you. 855-784-6677. 855-784-6677. Give us an update on your team's game. You can tweet, text, email, or give us a call. Find out how by visiting basketballnight.com. Special thanks again to all of our affiliates carrying the show tonight. And don't forget, join us online in this week's poll. You've got till 11.45 tonight, and then we'll share the voting results with you. This week, should coaches have to be given a warning before being assessed a technical foul? Go to basketballnight.com to vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page.
celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 9.51 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Chris Kidd, along with Joe Linville. Happy to have you along here as we... Get close to the bottom of the hour already. That's hard to believe, but or top of the hour again. Actually, we're almost a third may the, of the way force through. be with you. Yeah, the Star Wars opening today. I got you and, off. And, and there's I actually watched it before I came over here tonight. And, and, Pretty good. And see, that's a that, that's our, our that's our guy in the back, Fred Dameron, always <laughs> always on top of everything when it comes to uh, keeping us on our toes uh, with, with his coverage. Now. We're going to talk with St. Joe girls basketball coach Shannon Lewis in just a moment, but I do want to talk about something else here for a moment. It's been a rough week in the city of Huntington. I work here. Uh, I work in news here, in fact. And uh, there have been six shooting incidents since Monday morning uh, in the town alone. Uh, there have been uh, five, five incidents, excuse me, six people shot in total, uh, Three have been fatal shootings over the course of uh, the past just five days now. And um, part of my job, I had to go out to the scene Monday morning of a shooting that was just about three blocks from where we are um, in Huntington. It was, on, it was in the um, 1300 block of Fifth Avenue. And um, when, you, when you know, my line of work, I'm a producer for a local TV station, a morning show, uh, producer, morning news producer, and um, usually I don't go out to shoot things uh, video-wise. I don't go out to get video of things, but um, there's a situation where that's a time of day where it just falls in where we don't have a photographer available. It was close to the station, so uh, Jimmy Tracy and I just jumped in a car and went down to get some video from the scene. Well, you don't really get a good sense of what's going on. You don't. You know that there's been a shooting. You just get some scene video and you get back out. That's kind of how things work for us um that morning we learned that the victim was taylor wheeler taylor wheeler um 10 years ago was the second team class triple a girls all state captain at huntington high school um she was a girl who i watched play quite a bit of high school basketball um back in that in that area in that time period uh, for coach lonnie lucas and uh, I, you know i won't pretend that i knew her or anything like that but she was familiar. She was a name that was familiar. I'd watched her play. I'd watched her play for four years, basically. So I watched her kind of grow up in that sense, uh, from that regard. And, and uh, then when you hear that, you know, that scene that you went to was was somebody that you you are aware of. It, it's very difficult. And uh, it's been a rough time in Huntington. Governor Jim Justice has uh, called on the National Guard to, uh, you know help with the uh, drug problem on the drug side of things uh, from the narcotics division. Um, it's kind of been a rough week, though. It's been out of hand here. And um, we certainly want to extend our, uh, our wishes out to everyone that's involved because there was also uh, a deadly shooting Tuesday in Huntington. It was in broad daylight. And uh, it was a youth coach who was uh, killed in that. So... Um, I mean, these are people who are connected within Huntington in the in the sporting culture, were or are, uh, in one way or another. So it's been it's been a rough time. But uh, I, I I just wanted to mention that because um, 
that it was kind of it just kind of stuck with me a little bit. Um, like I said you, you don't know these kids, but you watch them play. You see them play for two or three years. You see them on the court. You never see them off the court. You don't know anything about them off the court. But um, you can tell that some of them that a basketball court is uh, kind of just uh, an escape, and they, that, that's where they have their fun. And uh, she was definitely someone like that, and um, certainly uh, hated to hear that uh, this week. So anything like that, um, you know, hits home. Uh, you know, don't care if you're from Huntington, Charleston, Whaling, Martinsburg, you know, anywhere, it, it hits home. And you know, hopefully, you know, the law enforcement can 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 get beefed up and and curtail a lot of this stuff. Uh, I just want to say real fast, we will talk with Shannon Lewis at the top of the next hour uh, after the break because we're coming up on a hard break. But, um, Chris, I mean, people are on edge in Huntington right now. Yeah, and, you know, whenever you brought that up and where I heard that earlier this week, it did it hit home for me too. Again, I called Huntington home for seven years. And, uh, you know, Marshall Arms Apartments, you know, every time I drive by there, it's still home to me. And, uh, you know, you and I worked here together at WMUL, and, uh, you know, we love this community. We love this city. And uh, whenever you hear things like that, it does, it makes your heart sink. And whenever you hear about the victims and, you know, what they were involved in and helping the community, and it does, it just makes you feel so sad. But at the same time, you know, no, nobody can lose hope whenever it comes to these things you know that's where we have to stick together as a city as a community as a state and come out of this on the other side i mean because there's more good than bad uh with the people that are in this community and around this state and you know i think all of us are fighting a lot harder now to try and recognize these problems and solve these problems and hopefully there will be uh, some positive that comes out of this in the end and certainly we have ways to go to get there but uh, it's something that we definitely need to work on. When we come back after the break, we will talk with Huntington St. Joe girls coach Shannon Lewis. We will also get another check of your Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. And we'll get you up to date on all of the information. We've got more calls. The, the call queue is starting to back up. So we'll start rolling through those. We'll hear from you when we come back. Uh, as Hour 2 of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins in two minutes here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates, including Network West Virginia, RSN Sports. And you can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including our newest affiliates tonight, 1037 Jack FM, WQWV Fisher, The Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, WKKX, Wheeling, 1370 AM, WVLY, Moundsville, Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel, Singing News Radio, 92.5 FM, WTHHM LP, Ravenswood, Ripley. Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburn. Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM. Classic Hits, 106. WHFI, Linside, 106.7 FM. 95, The Sports Fox, WBES, Charleston, 950 AM. 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WVOW in Logan 
Light Rock 93R, WRRR St. Mary's 93.9 FM, The Ticket 102.3 FM WMTD in Hinton, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLV, Edmond, Beckley, 101.7 FM WYAP LP in Clay, and Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit basketballnight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. Two of the program, Ryan Epling alongside Chris Kidd and Joe Limble here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We're going to talk with Huntington St. Joe girls basketball coach Shannon Lewis in just a moment. We'll also talk with Matt Miller, WRNR Radio in Martinsburg as Martinsburg and Washington played tonight. We'll also talk with Craig Dutton a little bit later on. And coming up in our next segment at 1015, we'll have our standout uh, athlete of the week. Uh, we'll introduce you to uh, that athlete uh, coming up in 15 minutes but right now we've got to do this quickly because I, I want to be able to talk with coach lewis but we've got to do this quickly the marshall university sports journalism basketballnight.com scoreboard boys high school basketball tonight it was uh, a nice win for roan county as the raiders go to three and one with a 67 62 victory over nicholas county in the ioga boys double a consolation game in the triple a consolation game it was Buchanan Upshur defeating Riverside 77-72. That was a good game. That game was back and forth uh, tonight as well. Sissonville's boys get their first win of the season. They even the record at 1-1 with a 56-51 victory over Calvary Baptist. It was George Washington opening the season with a win over St. Albans. 62-39 the final in that one. That one in the FCA Hoops Classic as well. Also tonight, Parkersburg South defeats Musselman 85-61. That game also part of the FCA Hoops Classic. Other boys basketball action tonight, Trinity Christian. The Warriors defeat Mount Carmel Christian, 77-22 the final in that one. The Cameron Dragons go to 3-1 with a 79-43 victory over Bellsville, Ohio. Moorefield wins the first battle of Hardy County, 52-32 the final over East Hardy tonight. Uh, also, it was Madonna, the Blue Dons, picking up a win over Steubenville Catholic Central out of Ohio. That final was 45-43. Boys action tonight, Valley Wetzel defeats Magnolia. That's a, that's a little bit of a surprise there. The Lumberjacks get the win. They are now 3-1 in the season. Magnolia falls to 1-4. Maybe not a shock, but still, when Magnolia loses a game, uh, in Wetzel County. That, that's definitely a surprise. Uh, Bluefield defeats Mount View tonight. 74-50. The Beavers open their season with a win. It was Indian Creek, Ohio out of Wintersville defeating the Weir Red Riders. 43-37 the final in that one. Wayne opens its season with a 70-55 victory at Grace Christian. That game in Huntington tonight. St. Clairsville, Ohio. The Red Devils defeat Brook tonight. 
53-42 final score. Great ball game tonight in Charleston, and it was Capital defeating Hurricane 68-65. The Cougars get the win. Chapmanville Regional goes into West Madison and knocks off Scott tonight. 93-41 the final in that one. Charleston Catholic, a home winner over Greenbrier West, 61-38. Clay Battelle defeats 100 tonight, 76-48. Also tonight in boys basketball, Philip Barber goes to 4-0 as the Colts defeat Grafton, 82-58, the final in Philippi. Also tonight, Woodrow Wilson goes to Greenbrier East and defeats the Spartans, 78-64. That was the season opener for the Flying Eagles. Coach Bimbo Coles, 0-2, still looking for his first victory at Greenbrier East. Hedgesville defeats Hampshire tonight, 101-24 the final in that one. The Eagles are a perfect 3-0. Logan also 3-0 as the Wildcats go up the Elk River and defeat Herbert Hoover by a final of 50-27. And the Huntington Highlanders go to the Memorial Fieldhouse in Parkersburg and route the homestanding Big Reds. Final score, Huntington defeats Parkersburg 74-47 in its season opener. A big win for the University Hawks tonight uh, as they defeat John Marshall 108-40. Fairmont Senior, the Polar Bears pick up a win over Lewis County 95-41. It was Robert C. Bird with a win over the Lincoln Cougars 67-41. Lincoln County defeats the Hillbillies of Man tonight 60-34. It was Midland Trail picking up a win over Richwood, 68-59. Noah Miner with a uh, 31 points in that game. It was Mingo Central falling to Rich or West Side tonight. Uh, the Renegades pick up a big win, 85-62. It was the Wildcats of Nitro defeating the Polka Dots, 67-44. The Princeton Tigers pick up a win tonight over the Pikeview Panthers, 75-43. Ravenswood picks up a win over Work County. 83-41. Shady Spring winners tonight over Greater Beckley Christian, 62-39. And it was Wheeling Park picking up a win tonight over Union Local, 41-27. Chris? On the girls' side, Taze Valley Christian knocking off Lincoln tonight, 49-34 in the FCA Hoops Classic. That was this afternoon. Huntington St. Joe, big win today over the George Washington Patriots, 82-59. That game also in the FCA Hoops Classic. Also in the FCA Hoops Classic, Cabell Midland winning over South Charleston, 56-42. Chapmanville Tiger girls team getting their first win of the season as they knock off Pocahontas County, 52-45. The Cameron Dragons winners over Valley Wetzel, 46-26. Then you add Frankfurt upending Kaiser, 72-40. Abby Beeman with 29 points in the win for Frankfurt. On down the list, Riverview, huge win tonight over Hurley, Virginia, 94-34. Kirsten Roberts had a school record 44 points and went over 1,000 points for her career this evening. Montcalm winners today over Greater Beckley Christian, 38-28. Sissonville knocking off Herbert Hoover, 72-46 in a Cardinal Conference clash. Meadowbridge winners over Van, 40-27. That is the 250th career win for Coach Steve Taylor of Meadowbridge tonight. Pikeview winners over Oak Hill, 81-36 to in that contest. Then you have Preston knocking off 
Elkins, 55 to 38. Senior Mackenzie Fram for Preston became the first player in Preston school history to go over a thousand points on her career. And then a final in overtime, Fairmont Senior avoids the upset as they knock off Lewis County, 63 to 60. And those are our scores on the girls' side for this evening. One more, Mingo Central goes to Welch and defeats Mountview tonight in girls basketball, 49 to 31. So that is your Marshall University Sports Journalism basketballnight.com scoreboard. Speaking of girls, Mingo Central, I just want to throw this in. Cass Klein last night at Scott dropped seven three-pointers. I mean, she was hot from the three-point line, and she was uh, definitely a factor in that win last night over Scott. Yeah, I actually I saw Scott's girls team earlier this week. You and I will talk about that uh, a little bit later on in the program. Nothing bad, by the way. Just, <laughs> just, we'll talk about it later. But uh, we'll have Bill Nasser, WPDX, in a moment. We'll have Craig Dutton, WRRR, in St. Mary's. We'll also talk with Matt Miller, WRNR, in Martinsburg. But right now, we go back to the phone lines to Shannon Lewis, head coach of the St. Joe girls basketball team. And Coach Lewis, before we get into tonight's very impressive victory over George Washington, I want to say that I know that you have a big uh, role in youth sports in Huntington, and we've just talked about some of the things that have been going on in this city. And I look at the things that you do with the kids, giving them direction at an early age, and I don't think that people understand exactly how important that can be. Well, it is. Um, you know, Taylor, um, I knew Taylor a little bit. I tried to get her on my AAU team at a young age, and uh, it didn't work out. Um, but, you know, I know some of her family and relatives, and that's, you know, obviously a, a really tough time for them right now. Um but, yeah, um, I know Brian Quartz at the Greyhounds and some of the stuff that we do at the Thunder, you know, we try to guide the kids and, and, and keep them on the, on the right track. And, and then on the boys' side, there, there's, a, there's a lot of good people in, in, in Huntington that try, try to do the same thing. And, and I, again, I don't think that can be said enough, that uh, the job that you guys uh, attempt to do because, again, sports can give children – uh, young, impressionable kids, a direction, and in many ways uh, get them on a right path uh, as they go through life. Um, let's talk about your boy, or your girls' basketball team tonight against uh, George Washington. Uh, you pick up a big win in the FCA Hoops Classic at West Virginia State University. Uh, big win tonight for uh, your ball club over a GW team that was undefeated coming in. Well, um, yeah, our pressure really got to them early. Um, you know, we built a big halftime lead. Uh, Paige Shy was was phenomenal tonight uh, shoot, shooting the basketball. As I heard you know, mentioned earlier somebody made seven threes. I believe Paige made seven for us tonight. Um, you know, and Dina, Dina did her job: twelve point seven assists. Bailey twelve point nine assists. So, uh, but you know, we built a built a good halftime lead. But I got to give um, you know the other uh, George Washington a lot of credit. They really came out in the second half. Coach Lemaster made some adjustments and. Um, they had more energy than us and started handling our pressure a little bit and attacking us a little bit. And, uh, you know, we kept scoring, but, but I didn't like some of our defense and rebounding at times. But, but you know, that happens. We're, we're battling a lot of injuries, a lot of kids at the trainer's table. And, you know, we have capital on Monday. Then we got a 11-day break. So hopefully we can get some injuries healed up. 
When we look at your schedule, um, it's been a, a very a grind already to this point, and you know, here <laughs> we're not are. even into it. It's yet. December fifteenth. We're just getting going. But um, you already played uh, Martinsburg, got a big win over them in Fairmont. Also a big win over University in Fairmont. And by the way, Martinsburg and University are two teams that traditionally either make the AAA state tournament or at least knock on the door to do so. Then you go to Washington D.C. Um, and play St. Francis, Maryland, Georgetown Visitation. And uh, obviously, you know you know what you're getting into with those games. Those are big challenges, and you put your kids in that uh, situation. And uh, certainly, you know, St. Francis is one of the top teams in the nation. And then, But I like the way that they bounce back because to play Georgetown Visitation immediately after that the next day and be right back in that game really says a lot about the character of the kids in your program. Oh uh, yeah, we uh, yeah obviously we we took a big loss. Uh, they're a very talented team, and you know we we could not make a shot in the first half. They, everything they threw up was going in, and you know those situations happen. And kids kids get, did get a little down um, a little bit, but you know we, we played Georgetown Visitation up there last year and lost at the buzzard. And you know we were up at half, and, and I thought we played pretty well, uh, but you know foul trouble got us a little bit. Um, you know the refs. It, you know you don't never blame the refs, but um, they shot a lot of free throws. And we, we were we were fouling them. We were fouling them. They shot a lot of free throws in the second half, and um, you know, and, and and they're a very good team, very coached. They're very athletic on the boards, um, and and that's been a little problem for us right now is, is rebounding. Uh, we're not the biggest team in the world, and you know we got a freshman center. Hannah Hannah's a nice player, but um, athletically. Up there, some of those senior girls were were just beating her to the basketball. So you know, we got to work on boxing out, and and uh, everybody's got to hit the boards for us, and especially in games like that when when the athleticism is real really high. We talked. Uh, you you mentioned this earlier against George Washington, how your pressure bothered them. Your guard play can be overwhelming uh, at times, especially right out of the gate. Now you know sometimes teams can adjust to that over time, but a lot of times you can also kind of you know, run out to a pretty big lead real fast on teams as well. Uh, have you noticed that your team's been a kind of a quick starting type ball club? Well, yeah, it has all except, except the one game, yeah. and uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot of it. You know, with Martinsburg and uh, and University, Martinsburg actually handled our pressure a little better than GW and, and University did getting the ball down the floor. Martinsburg just really couldn't did couldn't put it in the basket, um, but. You know, we really turned university over quite a bit, and, uh, and and we did early today at GW. Like I said, they did. GW's got a really nice team, as does the uh, University of Martinsburg. But like you said, our pressure was at times. You know, Bailey Bailey's ferocious, and uh, you know, Dina's fighting some shin splints, but um, you know, she gets after. It. And we, we got a deep bench. I mean, Haley Hunter, senior this year, is playing great. She's starting, but you know, our bench is deep. We, we have four or five kids that can go in and and know their roles and are doing a good job. Well, Coach Lewis, we greatly appreciate you taking time out to talk with us tonight. And I know you've got a game with Capital Monday and then a break before you head out to Winton Woods, Ohio, Cincinnati Suburb, take on Newark, and then Rockbridge, Missouri. Uh, that's after Christmas. So we wish you the best of luck with that. And I'm sure we'll be able to talk again as we go on throughout the course of this season. Okay, thank you guys. Thank you. You're doing a really nice job. Appreciate you having me. All right, thank you very much. That is Shannon Lewis, head coach of the Huntington St. Joe girls basketball team. We are going to go right back to the phone lines right now 
and we'll do this quickly because we want to get our standout athlete of the week uh, here soon, at, you know, immediately after the break, but before the break. Let's go to Matt Miller, WRNR Radio in Martinsburg. Uh, tonight had the Martinsburg Bulldogs and the Washington Patriots. And, um, Matt, uh, always a, a pleasure to have you back here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And uh, when you talk about uh, the Eastern Panhandle, uh, Martinsburg, we talked with Rick Kozlowski about it. That seems to be the, the the prohibitive team in the Eastern Panhandle this season. Well, you're looking at a team that last year went 17 and nine and made it to the state quarterfinals and has 10 returning players and four returning starters. And so, uh, with that experience and what they were able to do last year, you're looking forward to what should be a good season. Got off to a tough start against a very good Loudon Valley team Wednesday night falling in that one by seven, but tonight uh, really took it to the Washington Patriots, winning 82-48. to 48. So Martinsburg picks up its first win of the year, as you mentioned, with that 82-48 victory over Washington. And um, when, when you look at the balance of power in the Eastern Panhandle, Hedgesville's at 3-0. and That's really nothing unexpected. Um, also, you know, is Hedgesville perhaps the one team that um, is it going to be a Martinsburg-Hedgesville type situation again this year, I guess is what I'm trying to ask. Well, uh, Musselman has been the team, uh, along with Martinsburg, each of the last three years to make it to the state tournament here in our region. But I would say Hedgesville is probably uh, fighting hard to be that number one or that number two team. We talked about Martinsburg's returning players. Hedgesville has a number of key returning players from last year as well that may put them, especially early on, a little ahead of Musselman, who lost a few more key players than the other area teams. So always a, 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 an interesting time of year when you transition from football to basketball and the success that Martinsburg has had on the football field, a national top 25 team this year, and another AAA state championship, 28 consecutive victories now over the past two seasons. Um, still good in basketball, though. How is that school able to, uh, to kind of flip the switch over to, uh, to the hardwood? Well, they've got a lot of great athletes, and when you look at this roster, there are 13 players, and six are football players as well as basketball players. The other seven focus more on basketball, and so I think it's a good blend of players that have kind of been around practicing for the entire month leading up to the season, and then adding in those talented athletes from the football team. They're probably a little bit behind some other schools where everybody's been together for that full month as far as developing some of that continuity but they'll certainly catch up matt miller wrnr radio in martinsburg always a pleasure matt hey thank you all right we'll step aside take a break when we come back we'll talk with our standout athlete of the week we'll introduce you to our standout athlete of the week i should say we'll also have brandon gregory wrsg in middleburn to talk about tower consolidated bill nesser wpdx in clarksburg the robert c bird eagles a big win tonight craig dutton wrrr in st mary's Lots to talk about here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. 
How about a chance to graduate from college not only with a diploma, but also prepared to thrive in an exciting, growing field? The Marshall University Sports Journalism Program might just be for you. The expansion of cable networks, the rise of sports-centered online platforms, and the continued thirst for local sports coverage make sports journalism a growth industry with jobs waiting for those who earn this degree. Your passion, curiosity, and charisma coupled with Marshall University sports journalism training will equip you for success in a multi-billion dollar global industry. So bring your abilities and desires to be the eyes, ears, life of the game to our Huntington campus to learn the art of sports storytelling while covering the thundering herd. We'll teach you how to go beyond the scores and statistics to tell compelling stories and accurately report breaking news across multiple media platforms. Marshall University's W. Page Pitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more about the exciting possibilities by visiting marshall.edu slash sojmc. A big welcome to our new Twitter followers tonight, including Coach Leinberger, Liz Kennedy, Jody Atkinson, Kelly Vandervender, and Jess. You're part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 10-20 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We'll go back to the phone lines to Craig Dutton, Bill Nestor, Brandon Gregory, all on hold. We'll talk with them in a couple of moments. But first, we bring in Luke Creasy to introduce us to this week's Standout Athlete of the Week. It's going to be Jacob Clark this week. He's a senior at Riverside High School and uh, really just a, a great kid on and off the court. He uh, averaged 15 points a game last year. and um, Don't want to give away too much of my package, but, but, but a great kid off the court as well. Really does a lot for that community there in Bell. Now, he's also a member of the Quiz Bowl team, so uh, it's not just a, an athletics thing. He's got, he's got a good brain going with him as well. Well, like I said, he's got a 4.6 GPA, so you've got to have a little smarticles when, uh, <laughs> when you get into that kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, he, his Quiz Bowl team actually just qualified for the state final. So uh, some exciting things going on there. He said they practice during lunch, and uh, really, uh, you know, the, the kid stays busy. Uh, I mean, what more can I say? He, his involvement in the community and uh, really does a lot for that community, as I mentioned. But he, he stays busy in school as well. A really good student. Also uh, enjoys the outdoors. Likes to go fishing. Just picking up bow hunting. Yeah, I was I was talking to his dad earlier, and he's I, I asked him, you know, what, what might not. What my people not know about Jacob, and uh, he said, you know, he's really enjoyed the outdoors all of his life, and uh, really seems like a kid who likes to stay busy, and I can relate to that some myself. I like to, you know, always have have something going on anytime, you know, good old West Virginia boy can pick up some some trout going out fishing. Why not? <laughs> that right there is West Virginia in a nutshell. As Luke now gives us a more in depth look at our standout athlete of the week, senior Jacob Clark of Riverside High School. As a junior at Riverside High School, Jacob Clark averaged over 15 points per contest on his way to being named All-State Honorable Mention ahead of his senior year and says that he's come into that senior year with much the same mentality as he's approached the rest of his high school career. 
any of my free time I get ever since I've been little. A lot of my time has been spent in the gym, and I think it's carried me a long way in school and sports and everything, just having a good work ethic. Jacob has been an athlete nearly all of his life, a two-sport athlete now, balancing the weight of football as well as basketball. His father, Jimmy, says that it's a load that became a little bit lighter once his son got to Riverside High School. Coming up through middle school when he was young, he was a three-sporter. He, he played baseball and uh, excelled in it. And Once he got to high school, he, he knew that the importance of at least having one offseason to develop you know, his body and everything else for football and for basketball. Once he dropped baseball, it freed up just a little more time on Jacob's busy schedule, giving him enough time to not only improve his studies in regards to academics, but also a little more time to invest in the lives of those younger than him in the Bell area. He coaches a second and third grade team in his local Biddy League and says that it's a humbling experience. They don't really have any worries in the world. You know, they just like coming to practice and they like to learn. And at that age, they like to listen. They enjoy playing the game. And it really, it really makes me feel good making an impact on their lives. His father says that leaves little free time for Jacob, and though he says he's obviously a little biased, he'd be hard-pressed to find a kid with more character. Gets off his high school practice and leaves there and goes to his little league practice, so it's hard to find kids that have that type of dedication and understand them, too. And then on Sundays, his time is usually spent at Riverside at our youth league coaching those kids during their games. Jimmy says it's a testament to his son's knowledge on the importance of pouring back into the community. As far as athletics, he's another. He's a kid that's always put in the extra time. A kid that knows the importance of giving back. He spends a lot of time with the youth. You know, little league football, little league basketball, anything he can do, he does that. It's not just the younger ones he's looking out for, though. Obviously, for any student athlete, being a student comes first. And his father says that Jacob takes careful measure to make the decisions that work best for himself and those around him. If he's got something he's got to work on, he understands that. And he gets in the gym. He's always trying to do things that makes him better, which in turn he understands will help make his team better. It comes down to leaving a legacy, a dream among others that Jacob has had, along with a decent idea of how he'd like to be remembered. When I leave high school, I want, I want people, my teachers, my coaches, and administration, that, that kid really, really worked hard and he was uh, involved with the community and the younger kids could look up to him and just things like that. It's bigger than from basketball and that's why. The, the community means a whole lot to me. With the majority of his senior season ahead of him, Jacob looks to end his high school career on a high note, knowing that graduation is fast approaching and the reality that sports don't last forever. You only have so much time to enjoy yourself and play with your friends and things like that because you got four years and that's it. And then after that, the majority of people are done. Though it's still a few months away, Jacob hopes to be able to play basketball at the collegiate level after his days at Riverside are through, but has also shown major interest in becoming a dentist. For Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm Special Correspondent Luke Creasy. Thank you very much, Luke. Good job on that as he introduced us to Jacob Clark of Riverside High School, our Standout Athlete of the Week. If you want to nominate someone for Standout Athlete of the Week, you can do so on basketballnight.com. And I do, again, want to stress, once you have nominated someone, they stay in the pool <laughs> the entire time. It's not just a week-by-week thing where we only accept nominations for that week and then choose one winner. I mean, it's just that's just how that works out. So uh, let's go back to the phone lines real quick. Craig Dutton, WRRR in St. Mary's. Uh, the Blue Devils pick up a win tonight over Payton City as we try to get Craig with us on the program. And technically, I'm hitting the button that should be bringing Craig onto the show. 
And it's oh. not. There's Craig. There we go. <laughs> I was waiting for the beep. I couldn't hear it, guys. It finally went when you said, oh, no, we're probably on difficulties. But no, no, I'm, I'm glad to be able to make it on. You're right. The win tonight um, over Peyton City. Um, first off, Peyton City's in a little bit of a transition. Their new uh, first-year head coach, Jeff Hahn, he's not new to the area. He's coached a number of games in the OVAC, uh, cut a number of teams over the years in his career. He's taken over. Peyton City's program from former athletic director and coach Fred King, who's now enjoying retirement and coaching volleyball for uh, for Peyton City as of right now. But honestly, this is a big mismatch this evening. It's even a rebuilding year for St. Mary's. Uh, they only have 10 guys on roster, and they were led tonight uh, by a junior, and actually a transfer from Parkersburg South High School, Isaac Mooney, who finished the night with 18 points and 16 rebounds for St. Mary's. Uh, of course, Mooney coming in, he uh, played a very impressive game. Evan Lamp last year, who had the, who, uh, who actually missed the last part of la- uh, the season last year, he had 15 back in tonight for St. Mary's. So the Blue Devils starting off very well to the season in their season opener this evening. And as you mentioned, that season opener tonight, a win over Peyton City, 82-29, the final in that one. And uh, kind of jumped though, right into the frying pan next week with uh, games against Williamstown on the road and a game in the pit at Ravenswood. Those are going to be very, very tough games for them. Williamstown may be a tad bit down, too, trying to rebuild themselves. Uh, they seen that earlier this week. Tyler Consolidated upset them. That's one team I'm really impressed about, 4-0. and I know you're going to talk to Brett and Gregory here a little bit later, but they're 4-0 and in boys' play so far this season. That win over Valley early in the season looks really good for the Silver Knights now, especially after what Valley did tonight with Magnolia. So, I mean, there could be a little bit of shift in power in the sectional. I'd say right now, after way State Mary's played this evening, them and Tyler are sitting pretty good in that section, too, right now in boys' play. Uh, but as you mentioned, they do jump right into it with Williamstown on Monday night. That should always be a good ball game. Uh, Williamstown definitely wants to incur some revenge after last year's games because, again, as I told you, or as you found out last year, they had a six-point lead with like 13 seconds to go at St. Mary's last year. and Well, they managed to win the ball game in the final few seconds over them with a half-court shot to win it. So I'm sure there's some kids you know, from that Williamstown team that would like to exact some kind of revenge for St. Mary's. I just will say the team ball was really good tonight for St. Mary's. They shot a lot of threes. They made a lot of threes all around. And, you know, the post play wasn't a bigger thing put uh, put in priority. But you had guys like Isaac Moody and Evan Lamp who made made it part of their duty tonight to get points in the paint. So they need to continue to work on that uh, to try and improve throughout the season. Craig Dunn, WRRR, always a pleasure. Oh, thank you guys. No, I'm glad to be on with you. I'll try to get your reports throughout this uh, season, of course, for the girls and boys again, and hopefully, uh, hopefully the girls will get back on track with a few wins as well in the coming weeks. Sounds good. That's Craig Dunn, WRRR in St. Mary's. Hate to cut everybody short, but we got to just keep right on going. Let's go to Bill Nestor, WPDX in Clarksburg. Unfortunately, this is going to have to be pretty short, Bill. We've been kind of up against it uh, time-wise here tonight, but um, tonight Robert C. Bird gets another uh, impressive victory. You're right. A big win for Robert C. Bird, getting back over the 500 mark with a, with a big win over the Cougars of Lincoln. And Shinsanoa is a tough place to play. They pulled out a 67-41 win in the contest. Three players in double figures, led by freshman Gavin Kennedy, 15 points on the game. His brother Tanner, 13-11. and 11. For another freshman, Bryson Lucas. 
the defense impressive tonight, forcing single-digit scoring for the Cougars in two of the four quarters, and the three-ball quick in the night for RCB, eight trifectas in the matchup. So Robert C. Bird uh, with that victory tonight, uh, continuing to um, get off, you know, continue what has been a good start to the season as well for this uh, for this ball club now uh, at two and one on the young campaign and um, it's still a ball club that uh, I, I think like any a work in progress. You're right, Ron. It is, and there are so many freshmen on the team. We talked about this uh, last week. So many young guys that are stepping up. They're going to have to perform and. And they're doing a good job of that. The, the only hiccup this year so far lost to Philip Barber on Wednesday. Of course, the Colts are a little more experienced, have a lot of returning guys. Uh, they slapped on a big one through one extended defense against RCB there uh, after Robert Seabird built a 13 point lead early in the game. And uh, the Flangos had a tough time with it, couldn't break it. Some turnovers in the second half got outs- outscored 40 to 18 in the second half to lose that one. Uh, so, some gr- growing pains early, but you know, that's what you expect from these guys. And, and RCB with an opportunity uh, next week with a couple big uh, games. East Fairmont comes to town on Wednesday, and then RCB travels to Crosstown Rival, Bridgeport on Friday. So a couple big ones coming up here for this Flying Eagle team. Bill Nasser, always a pleasure. Thank you so much, Ryan. Have a great rest of the show. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you very much. That's Bill Nasser, WPDX in Clarksburg, voice of the Robert C. Bird Flying Eagles. We're halfway home. It's time for another break. When we come back, Another check of your Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. And we'll go back to the phone lines to Brandon Gregory, WRSG in Middleburn. It's been a great early season for Tyler Consolidated. We'll talk about the Silver Knights and much more. When Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. High School Basketball's Voice in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. High School Basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. We welcome our newest affiliate tonight, 103.7 FM, Jack FM, WQWV, and Fisher. Also, the Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, WKKX in Wheeling, and 1370 AM, WVLY in Moundsville. We appreciate all of our affiliates. Thanks for broadcasting Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And, of course, we're streaming video live from the studios here at Marshall University. You can visit basketballnight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. If you're wondering where you can listen on radio, well, we've got all the affiliates listed right there. And you can watch our live, high-definition video stream many different ways. Live on Network West Virginia, Suddenlinks Network West Virginia throughout the Mountain State. We're on Periscope tonight. You can also... Watch us on RSN Sports' Facebook page, Facebook Live. Shout out to some of our newest followers, including Michael Wentz, Coach Snow, Coach Allen, Sean Richards, Julia Work, Magnolia Mannix, and Shannon Likens, who's helping out 
downstairs. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 1034 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. I'm Ryan Epling alongside Joe Linville and Chris Kidd as Season 2 Episode two of that season two, five. Whoa, season five, five. episode two. <laughs> Feels like two. Um, of basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, episode sixty in the series. Yep, we're a series. Flies by. Yeah, we're a couple, a few years. An award-winning series to boot. I, mean, yes. yeah. uh, I thought this was for me for like no. best guest no. hosting or something. No, no. <laughs> I wasn't. Go- I wasn't going to say it, but but no. All right, no, no, I'm just playing. You do a great job. We appreciate you. Absolutely. Uh, I do want to mention here real fast before we do the the, uh, the Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard, and before we go to Brandon Gregory and Wes McKinney, is that. Um, the people who are working here right now on the scenes, behind the scene, on the scene, on set, behind the scenes also, uh, several of them make a nice little haul in here to Huntington to do so. Joe Linville comes up from Boone County, correct? Yes, sir. Chris Kidd from Chapmanville area? Yeah. Yeah. So area. They, they usually call yet. it the Logan area, even though <laughs> LA. It's, yeah, LA. Yeah, oh, yeah, we're, we're LA. Yeah, yeah but, uh, but in Chapmanville, um, you know, Marcus Constantino behind the scenes does a whole lot for us as well. Uh, I don't even know where he comes from anymore. He's from all over the state. <laughs> I, I believe he comes in from Charleston. Yeah, there Bluefield, we go. Bluefield, Charleston, um, you know, he's from yeah. all over the state. So, so uh, it's not that this is a, you know, Nice little. Uh, we we all just walk here from wherever. Yeah. That's not how that works. And uh, and Kyle Powers running the, the uh, camera for us tonight makes about a four minute drive in. But uh, <laughs> lucky you. And, and I do want to take a quick minute to say hello to. Uh, and we don't normally do this, but um, I do want to say hello to all of our listeners and viewers who are out there wherever you may be. If you're um, watching on Network West Virginia throughout the state of West Virginia, um, it's always good to hear from people who have uh, watched the show. And, uh, you know, maybe you're at dinner in Albuquerque, for all I know. And uh, you can watch this show from there as well. It's great uh, uh, what folks here have been able to do to make it available to you guys. So we thank them. We just sit out here and talk. So um, with that said, it is time for another Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. I'll start this off. We'll just do the same format we did last time. How's that? That was a winner. Um, tonight in boys basketball, it was Roan County defeating Nicholas County 67-62. But Cannon Upshur, a 77-72 winner over Riverside. Sissonville beats Calvary Baptist 56-51. It was George Washington over St. Albans 62-39. Parkersburg South picks up an 85-61 victory over Musselman. North Marion defeats Petersburg tonight. 66-52 the final. Trinity defeats Mount Carmel Christian 77-22. The Cameron Dragons defeat Bellsville, Ohio 79-43. Moorfield beats county rival East Hardy 52-32. The Madonna Blue Dons defeat Steubenville Catholic Central Ohio 45-43. The Lumberjacks of Valley Wetzel pick up a four-point win tonight 
in New Martinsville over Magnolia, 63-59 the final in that one. St. Mary's, a big home win in its season opener. The Blue Devils route the Payton City Wildcats tonight by a final of 82-29. Also tonight in boys' high school basketball action, it was Bluefield defeating Mountview, 74-50 in the season opener for the Beavers. Jefferson gets its first one of the season over St. John's, 66 excuse me, 86-37, the final in that one. Indian Creek, Ohio defeats Weir, 43-37. Wayne opens its season with a 70-55 victory over Huntington Grace Christian tonight. St. Clairsville, Ohio goes to Wellsburg and defeats Brook, 53-42, the final in that one. Capital, a home victory over Hurricane in a fantastic ball game tonight. Capital gets the win, 68-65. Chapmanville Regional defeats Scott, 93-41, the final. The Tigers get the victory they are now 2-0. Charleston Catholic goes to 2-1 with a 61-38 win over Greenbrier West. It was Clay Battelle defeating 100 tonight, 76-48. Elkins over Liberty Harrison, 66-63. Another tight ball game as Elkins gets the win. Also, it was Philip Barber defeating Grafton, 82-58. Woodrow Wilson picks up a win over Greenbrier East, 78-64. Hedgesville drops 100 on Hampshire tonight. The Eagles win 101-24. Logan picks up a 50-27 road victory at Herbert Hoover. And the Huntington Highlanders open their season with a an impressive 74-47 win at Parkersburg. Speaking of impressive, it was the University Hawks picking up a big win tonight over John Marshall, 108-40. The Polar Bears, a Fairmont senior, pick up a win over Lewis County, 95-41. It was Robert C. Bird, the winners tonight, over the Lincoln Cougars, 67-41. Gavin McKinney led Robert C. Bird with 15 points. It was Lincoln County picking up a win tonight over the Van Hillbilly, 60-34. Martinsburg winners tonight over the Washington Patriots, 82-48. Midland Trail picked up a win over Richwood tonight. It was 68-59. Noah Miner had a big game with 31 points for Midland Trail. Mingo Central fell to Westside tonight, 85-62. Westside Shane Jenkins led all scoring with 32 points. Nitro, the Wildcats, picked up a win over the neighboring Polka Dots, 67-44. It was Princeton who picked up a win tonight over Pikeview, 75-43. Kate Fix uh, led Princeton with 22 points. It was Ravenswood picking up the win tonight over Work County, 83-41. And for Ravenswood, uh, Morgan Dawson led, uh, or it was Morgan led scoring with 27 points. It was the Golden Tornadoes falling to East Fairmont, 83-69. Shady Springs picks up the win over uh, Greater Beckley Christian tonight, 83-53. Wheeling Park. The Patriots pick up a win over Union Local of Ohio, 56-40. All right, new score update on the girls' side. Ritchie County knocking off South Harrison, 46-31 in the Doddridge Tournament tonight. Also, in the FCA Hoops Classic, earlier this afternoon, you had Taze Valley Christian knocking off the Lincoln Cougars, 49-34. Huntington St. Joe, big win over AAA George Washington, 82-59. Also in the FCA Hoops Classic, another game in the FCA Hoops Classic this evening, Cabell Midland defeating South Charleston in AAA action, 56-42. Also tonight, the Chapmanville Tigers knocking off Pocahontas County, 52-45 at home. Then you had Cameron 
upending Valley. Wetzel 46 to 26. Frankfurt, big winners tonight over the Kaiser Golden Tornado, 72-40. to Again, Abby Beeman with 29 points in that win for the Falcons. Also, you have Riverview, big point total tonight, knocking off Hurley, Virginia, 94-34. to Kirsten Roberts had a school record 44 points and went over 1,000 points for her career tonight. Montcalm. Winners in a defensive struggle, 38-28 over Greater Beckley Christian. Also, Sissonville. Winners in Cardinal Conference play over Herbert Hoover, 72-46. Getting his 250th career win tonight is Steve Taylor for the Meadow Bridge Wildcats as his club knocks off Van, 40-27. Then you have Pikeville winning big tonight over Oak Hill, 81-36 as Lake and McKinney had 25 points, 13 rebounds, and four block shots in the win. Also, Preston Winners tonight over Elkins, 55-38. Mackenzie Friend for Preston became the first player in school history to go over 1,000 points for her career. You also have Fairmont Senior staving off the upset bid of Lewis County, 63-60 in overtime. And rounding out our scores here tonight on the girls' side thus far, Mingo Central winners over Mountview, 49-31. to That's our Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Let's go right back to the phone lines. He's waited for 30 minutes. That's long enough. Brandon Gregory, WRSG in Millburn. Um, Maybe it was Bo. You know what? Joe, let's do this real fast. Joe, you hit the talk button for Brandon. Let's see how that works. Because it seems like I can't really get anybody from the queue onto air. Now we've got Brandon Gregory, WRSG. Joe, you just got a new job. Anyway, uh, uh, Brandon, welcome to the program. Tower consolidated off to a good start in, in both boys and girls. A great start with the boys and a very good start with the girls as well. Yeah, they're, uh, the boys are 5-0. and oh, The girls are 4-1. and one. Um, Both have a lot of depth. Both uh, get out and run pretty well. Uh, both teams have actually shot the ball well. We, uh, you know, Tower consolidated got a big one earlier this, earlier this week. The boys did. Uh, beating Williamstown 52-47. Uh, you know, uh, Williamstown's a group that likes to get out and run a good bit, so holding them down to, you know, under 12 points a quarter was uh, pretty impressive. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of depth. They they shoot the ball well, and they, you know, both teams can play 10 deep, uh, which is, doesn't sound like, you know, doesn't sound like a big deal right now, but when you get 20, 22, 23 games in, you know, limiting limiting people's minutes, uh, so that they have fresh legs at the end of the season is really what it's all about, and that's kind of what preps you for for deep runs in the playoffs. Already went over Williamstown, and you know you look tonight. Valley Wetzel beats Magnolia. That kind of makes that win for Tyler Consolidated back on December fifth uh, over Valley Wetzel that much more impressive on the boys' side. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, anytime you go to Cameron and get a win, uh, that can be a difficult place to play. Um, the win over Work County. Uh, last night as well. So now coming up, Ritchie County and uh, Liberty Harrison and Payton City, all three within the next week for the Tyler Consolidated Boys. And uh, while those are three challenging games, those are three winnable games. Yeah, it's. we were talking off the air, um, myself and Robbie Jones, my partner, and we had both kind of agreed that it's very plausible that, that Tyler Consolidated starts off 10-0. Uh, once they got through the Williamstown game. So, you know, being that they won five games last year and they're close to eclipsing that already, you know, starting 10-0, and, and it was about that 10-12 game 
point last year where a few guys dropped off and the rotation kind of shorted and shorted out a little bit, and then they had to play, you know, a lot of people, a lot of minutes going down the stretch, and, and just you know they ran out of legs. So uh, hopefully for Coach Leach, um, you know, he can keep the train rolling. And like I say, he's got ten guys. You know, you obviously intermingle them. They don't, they don't, you know, they're not seven, five, and five. But he's got people that can come off the bench and and and, and have different skill sets than people that are replacing them. And the good thing is, is when that's happening, they're not giving up. They're not losing leads. They're not giving up points. If nothing else, they're at least holding steady, so they so that they can get his you know his starters, his big guns, uh, some breaks at the end of quarters and stuff, and and get that extra minute in between to get get their legs back and get them back on the floor. Brandon, I'm so sorry. We are running very tight on time this evening. We do appreciate you hanging in there with us, though, and um, we'll try to carve out some more time for you next week. Oh, that's all right. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right, that's Brandon Gregory, WRSG in Middleburn. As, uh, again, very good start to the season for Tyler Consolidated Basketball. We'll step aside, take a break. When we come back, we will talk with our standout athlete of the week, Jacob Clark of Riverside High School. We'll also have Wes McKinney, WAEY in Princeton, and Eric Little, WVVV in Parkersburg. As Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues across the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. What about those picks? Get your pictures featured on our video stream. All you got to do is send them to us. You can send them to us at our Twitter account, at hoops underscore roundup. You can also send them to RSN Sports on Twitter, their Facebook page, or Instagram, and we'll make sure we add them to our video stream. Places you can watch, of course, Network West Virginia, statewide here in West Virginia, Facebook Live, using the RSN Sports Facebook page, we're also go to basketballnight.com and you can watch us on YouTube and of course on Twitter, Periscope. Lots of places you can watch the video stream. Send those pics into us here on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup or at RSN Sports on their Twitter or Facebook page. And we'll feature them in the next show. Send them to us tonight. We may get them on tonight. Join us online and vote in this week's poll. You've got until 11.45 tonight. We're reminding you about that. We'll share the voting results tonight at the end of the show. This week, the question, should coaches have to be given a warning before being assessed a technical foul? Go to basketballnight.com. Vote in this week's poll. Should coaches have to be given a warning before being assessed a technical foul? You'll see the ball on the right-hand side of the page at basketballnight.com. Once again, you've got till 11.45 tonight to vote, and we'll share the results at the end of the show this evening. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. West Virginia's high school basketball voice. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, 
and Ryan Epling. It is 10.50 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville, along with Chris Kidd. Happy to have you here on Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. We're going to do our best to get through uh, to West McKinney and Eric Little in this segment. But first, we want to start out with this week's Standout Athlete of the Week. He is a senior at Riverside High School. A year ago, he averaged just under 16 points a game. More impressive than that, though, a GPA of 4.6. He also is a volunteer coach of a youth league basketball team and a two-sport athlete, also plays football for the Warriors. They had a really good uh, season this year as that program starts to kind of get its footing back and get back on the right track. Uh, Wants to pursue a career in college basketball. We'll talk much more about that with him. Jacob Clark joins us now on the program. And Jacob... Congratulations on being this week's Standout Athlete of the Week. Oh, yeah, appreciate you guys. Uh, we, first off, let's just jump right into it. Um, uh, averaged uh, just over 15 points per game last year. Coming back now for your senior season, I know that typically people who score that much in a junior year, more is expected of them from their senior season. What do you expect from yourself this year? Uh, I just uh, I want to do the best I can do to to help my team win, you know, and uh, if that's me scoring, then that's what it needs to be. So whatever I can do to help them win, and right now I'm, I'm averaging 17 a game. So, Do you carry a calendar around with you on, and a daily planner to, to <laughs> plan out your days ahead of time? Looking over your resume, you're a busy young man. <laughs> oh, man, I, I don't get no no time. It's, it's, uh, it's it's always running, but I wouldn't want to have it any other way. You know, it's uh, that, that community up there means a lot to me, and whatever I can do to help it, I'm going to do. Your ball club is 0 and 4, but it can very easily be 3 and 1. Um, overtime, one point loss to St. Albans, a two point loss to Lewis County, and, and a five point loss to Buchanan Upshur. Obviously, those are all just, you know, a couple possessions from being completely different. Uh, do you feel like your team is uh, better than that win-loss record shows right now? Oh, yes, sir. I'm, uh, I'm actually, I'm driving, we're driving down 79 home from Glenville right now from from the game, so I, I got a little bit of bad taste in my mouth, but if you get back to work Monday, you know, that's, that's all you can do. We, you know, Joe just mentioned how do you find time to do things. I, I see that you enjoy fishing in your spare time. You just picked up bow hunting as well. And uh, tell me, what's the most challenging thing you do? Is it football? Is it basketball? Is it academics? Is it trying to maybe be a dentist? Or is it uh, fishing or bow hunting? Um, I, honestly, I probably probably sports is the most challenging thing because I think that it takes it takes a lot more time from me to to of, of my time I should say and um, you know I think the the people at the YMCA in Charleston I think they get tired of seeing my face every <laughs> night. So. Jacob Clark, our standout athlete of the week, senior at Riverside High School. Jacob, congratulations! And uh, this is something that we're definitely happy to award you with, and uh, we certainly wish you the best of luck going forward. Obviously, uh, being our first standout athlete of the week this year, you're very uh, deserving of that, and hope you keep up the good work, buddy. Okay, I appreciate you guys for the opportunity. All right, you guys be safe headed home. That is Jacob Clark of Riverside, our standout athlete of the week. I don't even know how you make a 4.6. 
I was lucky to get half of that. I mean, <laughs> I wanted to ask him, you know, theoretically, like, what if you brought home like a 2.7? I mean, not that I would know anyone that did that in school, <laughs> but, you know, just just saying. Uh, if I'd have brought home 4.6, I, that, it might have killed one of my parents. I don't know. <laughs> Your parents would have gone to the school board and requested uh, an explanation for this because this is not possible. <laughs> I want to know who he cheated off of right now. <laughs> uh, uh, that's Chris who did that. We know Jacob is smart doing his own work, yes, just to definitely. be clear. Um, let's go to West McKinney, W-A-E-Y, in Princeton. Princeton and Pikeview played boys basketball tonight. And uh, Wes, did you have a 4.6 in school? <laughs> Wes? Uh, hello? Are, are you with us, Wes? Did you buzz him in, Joe? Yeah, I did, but uh, it, uh, uh, let's right. try it one let's more Let's try time. one more time with uh, Wes McKinney of W-A-E-Y in Princeton as we wait for the signal that we have him there. Okay, Wes, are you with us? I'm with you guys. There we go. All right. All right. We did not, none of us had a 4.6, obviously, as we were just talking about. We can barely yeah, figure was, out technology. You know what? I was, I was thinking that, but I was not going to say it. Thinking that, uh, but but I mean, but to answer your guys' question, no, I did not. I, I I'm not sure I had a 3.6. I eh, same. I might have a 3.6. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But who knows at this guys, point? Uh, but, <laughs> Two things before I get into Princeton Pikeview. Uh, great to be back for another season with you guys. Oh, this is your number five, right? Yes. yes. Number five. No matter no matter what I say, <laughs> it is your number five. And then secondly, you're really putting the pressure on me. You happen to sit the table for Eric Little coming up here in just a few minutes. So that's I mean, that's a lot of pressure. Uh, you know, we 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 stack these calls in a manner to make sure that we. Uh, you know, kind of build toward a crescendo, and that's why we've got we've got you right there to set the table. You know, everybody needs a good opening act, right? So um, let's talk about right. the game tonight. Preston goes on the road, beats Pikeview. Uh, the Tigers now two and zero, a seventy five forty three win, and a nice game for uh, Kate Fix, but also a balanced effort beyond that for the Tigers. Yeah, you know, it's it's a weird year for uh, for Pikeview. First off, they're just they're they're really young, they're really struggling. I think it's just a bit of a shock to some Princeton people to see Pikeview so down after you know the run they've had here over the last five or six years. You know, playing in, in sectional finals, playing in regional finals last year, Pikeview came up a little bit short of those expectations. But I mean, Princeton a, a really really good win tonight. They forced twenty five turnovers. I, I didn't keep uh, the stat for points off turnovers, but it had to be somewhere in the 20s at least, maybe even the 30s, because Princeton seemingly scored almost off every turnover that Pikeview committed tonight, whether it be a three, a, you know, a fast break layup, or you know, getting to the foul line. So, so Pikeview's really struggling, but Kate fixed 22 points, had uh, you know, I believe 16 in the first half, didn't play a whole lot in the second half because the game was so out of hand, but what was uh, I've got to cut I'll you short talking. there. I've got to cut you short. Sorry, we're right up against a break. We're actually like eight seconds from a break. Wes, thanks so much, and sorry we had to cut you short there. You're uh, back for Hour 3 of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia after this. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, We're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. 
Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates, including Network West Virginia, Sudden Links Network West Virginia, all over the Mountain State, also RSN Sports. You can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including our newest affiliate tonight, 103.7 FM, Jack FM, WQWV, Fisher, The Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, WKKX, Wheeling, 1370 AM, WVLY, Moundsville, Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel, Singing News Radio, 92.5 FM, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburn. Talk Radio, WRNR in Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM. Classic Hits, 106. WHFI Linside, 106.7 FM, 95. The Sports Fox, WBES Charleston, 950 AM, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW in Logan. Light Rock, 93R. WRRR St. Mary's 93.9 FM The Ticket 102.3 FM WMTD in Hinton 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP Edmund Beckley 101.7 FM WYAPLV in Clay and Marshall University's flagship station 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. 11 o'clock on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside Joe Linville and Chris Kitt. Happy to have you along. We'll do a full um, Marshall University Sports Journalism Basketball Night.com scoreboard in a moment. But um, before the break, we cut off Wes McKinney. He was kind enough to hang with us through the break. And we go back to Wes. Wes, sorry the music played you right out there. And <laughs> kind of had to kick you off stage for a minute. But thought we'd bring you back. Let you uh, get through that game. Encore. That was a nice win for Princeton tonight. Yeah, um, as I was saying before the break, Princeton forced 25 turnovers. Um, just played a really complete team game tonight. Um, Kate Fix with 22 points, um, but three other Tigers had 10. Uh, Drew Hopkins did a little bit of everything. He passed the ball well, rebounded well. I think he had four or five rebounds to Drew. And, and, and Hopkins... I know the Kate Fix gets a lot of the attention for Princeton, and, and rightfully so, but in the games I've seen this year, Drew's done such a nice job of taking some of the point guard duties off of Kate, letting him be more of a natural scorer. And I, I think going forward, the Drew Hopkins might be the X factor for Princeton when it comes to those two juniors in the backcourt. It's, it's a bit of a weird Princeton team. Not a lot of experience like we've seen in the past with Princeton, just three seniors. Um, they start two of them. One's injured right now. And then not a lot of height. They have two guys that are 6'3", uh, and then the other guy's 6'4". 
Um, but just not a lot of, I guess, maybe depth in the front court. So Princeton's going to have to rely a lot on Kate Fix and Drew Hopkins this year because they're two of the more experienced guys, even though they're juniors. And I think we're going to find out real quick. I mean, take nothing away from Riverview and Pikeview because those are good wins for Princeton. But Tigers going to get Bluefield tomorrow night in their own Christmas tournament um, at Princeton. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how Princeton stacks up against the athletes that Bluefield's going to possess tomorrow night. Should be a fantastic game, Wes. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you, guys. All right, that's Wes McKinney, W-A-E-Y in Princeton. We'll go to Brad Knapper in just a moment, the head coach of the Chapmanville Regional Tigers. But first, let's go to Eric Little, W-V-V-V in Parkersburg, as Parkersburg South picks up a big win tonight over Musselman in the FCA Hoops Classic. Eric, uh, Wes gave you a little bit of a, a nice build there as we welcome you here on the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for the first time uh, this season. And uh, now I guess you just have to live up to the expectations that Wes set forth for you. <laughs> well, it also makes a nice reminder that I need to ask Wes to make sure I have his right address so I can send the check to the right place. <laughs> I so thought maybe you wanted to send him a Christmas card. <laughs> Well, there'll be money in the Christmas card at this point, you know, after after that kind of an intro. But but I uh, appreciate Mr. McKinney. He's too kind. Uh, that's uh, very kind of him to say. But, yeah, Parkersburg South picked up a big 85-61 win in the FCA Hoops Classic. And, by the way, what a nice event they put together at West Virginia State. Uh, go out there and support those folks tomorrow if you're in the Charleston area and want to see some good basketball. They've got seven more games tomorrow. They had seven today. Uh, we had the last one, Parkersburg South and Musselman. Uh, South got a double-double from Shane Snyder, 13 points as part of that, 16 points from Braden Mooney, eight in each half. And that's a junior uh, who was the sixth man last year and has moved into a starting role this year on the ball club. Uh, and then um, the Patriots got points from 13 different players. So it's a deep team. It's a diverse team. Uh, they dress more than I've seen them dress in my four years with the Patriots. Uh, but um, that's quality depth, too. Again, they scored. They ran 13 guys out there last night, or tonight rather. And in the postgame interview, one of the things I asked Mike Fallon was, "How deep do you think you can run this season?" He says, "There could be times where we end up running as deep as 13 guys." And uh, again, you, you play a team. Musselman makes a long trip from the Eastern Panhandle uh, down to West Virginia State University, and you know that um, you know that's the type of team. Uh, yes, Musselman is a little bit down, but they have been in the state tournament in the past. Parkersburg South's obviously been in the state tournament as well. But this was almost a state tournament type of uh, inter-regional matchup. Well, it's a great matchup because, you know, for Musselman, uh, they're going to stay overnight and play Hurricane tomorrow. I mean, if you're going to come all the way from the Eastern Panhandle to the Charleston area, you might as well get a couple games. So that worked out well for them. But it gives both teams an early season matchup against an opponent that's been there before, and that's what you get out of playing a team that has been in the state tournament. Now, for uh, Musselman, they've been in three straight, South's been in five straight. You, know, you build that expectation of being there. So you play in December like you want to be uh, just up the road from where we were tonight uh, in March. And uh, that's, that's why you play these games early. Uh, Musselman's got several teams on their schedule that have been to the state tournament last year, South being one of those. they got Martinsburg and Morgantown later. The Parkersburg South, will face five of the other seven opponents, or five of the other seven teams that were in last year's state tournament uh, on the Patriots' schedule, including Capital on Tuesday in their uh, holiday tournament, and Parkersburg South holiday tournament. And they'll also have uh, you know, matchups with Morgantown University, George Washington along the way. So it's a tough schedule for Parkersburg South. Mike Fallon thinks 
that he has put together his toughest schedule yet in his time as Parkersburg South's head coach. But, yeah, really good uh, atmosphere, good vibe tonight. Both teams made the kind of early mistakes, early season mistakes that you expect uh, out of teams playing, uh, you know, in the first month or couple weeks of the season. Uh, but the Patriots were able to survive some foul trouble in the second half, or in the second quarter, excuse me. And then in the um, third quarter, uh, they outscored Musselman 24-10 to 10 in the quarter and uh, really pulled one away. Eric Little, WVVV in Parkersburg, with the report on Parkersburg South's victory over Musselman in the FCA Hoops Classic at West Virginia State University today. Eric, thank you so much for hanging in there with us tonight. Always a pleasure to talk with you. Hey, no problem. Congratulations on your five. We'll do it against some other Friday nights this season. That sounds like a plan. Thank you so much. Let's go right back to the phone lines. Brad Knapper is the head coach of Chapmanville Regional, the boys team, uh, picking up a win tonight. On the road in Madison over Scott, Coach Napper, no win for granted. Congratulations on tonight's victory. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, you went a week between games, and sometimes that can be um, a little bit of a, a, a hindrance, as uh, you know, especially early in the season. But at the same time, it also gave you a lot of time to look through that first game and and uh, an opportunity to maybe make some uh, adjustments to your ball club even early. I know that no team is a finished product until you get to March, um, but still a very impressive win for your ball club tonight. Hard to imagine that you could find a whole lot of fault with how they played. Well, I mean, I thought, you know, uh, we, we, we had a pretty good week of practice. We had a lot of energy and, and uh, a lot of effort in practice this week, and, and we tried to clean up a few things. You know that that we saw on film from the poker game, defense tonight, our rotations and things like that. And, and but we, you know, we still struggled a little bit early to start the game with with some things that we're going to have to work on. But but I was overall pleased with with our effort. I thought our intensity was really good throughout the game. Well, coach, there's a lot of questions you throw your way here again with the senior leadership uh, just the impressive two wins that you've had against Polk and Scott out of the gate uh, but looking at the players you have back from last year again Abina and Achille Killen uh, a lot of expectations for him coming into this year just as a sophomore uh, last year he really started to take the turn come tournament time whenever you guys uh, saw him really mature it felt like in the uh, sectionals and the regionals and obviously the state tournament what is it that has made the difference for him since last year to this year and also what are some of the things you've been uh, impressed by or or happy with uh, from your bench play early on in this year as well because you guys definitely go a lot deeper than just your starting five well to start your first question, Obin has, has really improved his offensive game, and, and, and he's not scored a bunch of points in our first two games because teams are double and triple teaming him. Uh, you know, and he, all night tonight, he, every time he got, you know, even around the ball, he got swarmed by two or three guys. And, and he's, you know, uh, he's happy to pass the ball and find the open man, and he does a really good job of that. And we end up getting a lot of open looks because of that. Um, and he, he's like I said, he's very unselfish, and he usually finds the open man and makes good decisions. So uh, people are starting to really respect his offensive game. That's been his biggest improvement. Uh, and, and our bench has been great. To answer your second question, uh, tonight they come in and really sparked us, and and uh, you know uh, gave us a lot of energy off the bench, and and they scored a bunch of points tonight. I think they they had about thirty, we had thirty six, thirty eight points off the bench tonight, and, and uh, those guys were. We're really, really good. You know, I don't even know if we have a starting five. You know, we've got nine or ten guys that can all play, and 
and uh, and play at a high level when they're when they're called upon them. And the the main thing though that I've been really impressed with so far this year is within in two games we've had uh, 52 uh, assists and only um, 11 turnovers. So that's you know anytime you get that that's that's pretty impressive for a high school team. I think we had 28 assists and five turnovers tonight. So I've been really happy with how we've been taking care of the ball and moving the ball and getting open looks. Impressive victory for Chapmanville Regional tonight, a 93-41 road win at Scott. Coach Brad Knapper, once again, congratulations on victory number two, and I look forward to uh, next time we get to catch up. All right, thanks, guys. All right, and we've got our our resident referee. (laughs) He's not been on hold long enough. (laughs) We're going to hold him here for uh, a a couple. uh, We're going to hold him until after the break. Um, I hate doing this, but um, this has been a little bit of a heavy show at times. Yeah, and um, just want to say something real fast here to our friends in Fairmont. Um, our hearts and prayers go out to them. Um, they are uh, mourning the loss of a girl who graduated, um, you know, just in in May, uh, class of 2017. Um, Megan Stevenson, 19 years old. She played lacrosse there, didn't play basketball, but she passed away uh, this week. I know that that's been a rough time for that school and that community. Um, I don't really know where to go with uh, other than to just say, you know, um, we, we, we've talked with a lot of people in the Fairmont area over the past couple of years uh, with this program, and uh, to all of you guys, uh, our thoughts and prayers are with you because we know that, uh, unfortunately, I think all of us have been in a situation with uh, people at, at schools that we're aware of or people that, that we're, we're close to uh, going through loss and how it affects the community and how it affects uh, the students. Because, I mean, you know, it, it's just December. I mean, it's still the, the year of her high school graduation. And... Um, but she passed away on Tuesday, and I uh, just want to send our thoughts and prayers out to them. Let them know we're thinking about them up in Fairmont tonight. Yeah, we just we just lost a young man in Madison uh, a couple weeks ago, 27 years old, and and you know you just you never know, and and he had a major impact on that community, even though he was only 27. Yeah, and I mean those are the things that uh, you know they, they do they they devastate a community sometimes, and uh, you know thankfully that uh, you know I saw uh, what what we were looking at there, and it seems like the community's reaching out as well to try and uh, to try and help the family out. And again, we just we like you. I mean, you said it best, Ryan. Thoughts and prayers uh, go out in that situation. We just hope for the best for that community because you know it, it is devastating whenever that stuff happens, and we've seen it all too often. We know it also affects the entire community. As I mentioned, you know, she she played lacrosse. Um, I don't know if she played basketball you know, at a younger age, and you know, I don't pretend to know yeah. uh, any of that. But I also do know that um, anytime a community loses um, someone that that is that young, that it, it, it affects the entire community. Um, I mean, again, unfortunately, I think every person who is working here tonight uh their community has gone through that at some point so they know what that's like um we're going to go to the phones right now and uh kind enough to join us tonight and what a what a what a 
difficult uh, situation this has been um, for for this. Just a second here as let's get Coach Corey Hines of the Fairmont Senior Polar Bears with us. He's on the program now. And Coach, your team picks up an overtime win tonight. I do want to talk about that. But first, uh, again, we extend our, our thoughts and prayers to uh, to your community. I know it's been a rough week. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, the Steelers family, uh, we send our condolences and stuff like that. She played with several of our girls. Like She graduated last year, and she played with uh, several of our girls um, in middle school and stuff. But she also played on our soccer team. So she's a member of our family, our polar bear family. And a lot of young ladies went to the wake today. Um, so it's pretty tough. Uh, Any time that you have a young person that loses their life. So, um, but we had an overtime game, and we were able to, you know, put some things together, and, and fortunately, they were able to come out with a victory. And that can be a, a tricky thing. I think sometimes we get locked into basketball, and we think everyone's right there with us in terms of, you know, kind of tunnel vision, so to speak. But um, there's. <laughs> It's a big life out there that we live, and obviously a lot uh, going on there. But tonight, your girls able to come together and get a win, and maybe being out on the court together tonight was uh, was a good thing in the long run. Yeah, well, um, and and the scoring came from a lot of people, a lot of different people, because we we tried to uh, piece out initially in the very you know very beginning just to get her to run up and down just to see how you know um, her legs felt and. Uh, and she was a little bit uncomfortable, so we, we, we pulled her out. And we asked a lot of different people to step up and play, you know, play a lot more minutes than they were probably used to playing. Um, but we got a great lift uh, from Callie Body. She came off the bench, and she had 12 big points. Uh, hit several threes, made some excellent plays on offense as well as defense. And um, Stephanie Vincent, um, she played some major minutes for us. She starts for us, but she she did a great job. So, and and also you had uh, Angela Delarosa with her leadership and a couple other players that came in and got you know four points or maybe you know uh, six points at the right time. And we had a, a tough, tough, tough Lewis County team that came in. And, you know they were wanting to play. They were they were hungry. So, um, uh, they and they played extremely well. They beat a lot of our pressure, uh, but. In the end, you know, our kids came, made the big buckets when they needed to, and, uh, and it worked out in our favor. And uh, obviously you're the coach at Fairmont Senior, but at the same time I know you yeah. you, you love the game, you love the sport. To get a challenge from, uh, you know, from Lewis County, that, that's a good thing for them and a good thing for the, the health of basketball in your entire area as a whole. Well, in the sense, like now, now from for the people around us, that they look at scores and they they try to and they look at situations and they try to measure up. It's good for them, but for for my for my coaching staff and was it's in practice. No, it's not good for us. You know? I mean, you know, I, I, I don't. You know, I'm gonna be real with you guys. I don't. I, I, I'll say that I'll say the right things, and and they, and they did play hard. And um, and like I said, we had some people step up and do some things. That I felt in practice watching them do, they 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 probably should have like our rotations on our on our traps and our presses was a little bit bad in our communication, and that's something I've been harping on with 
you know, these young ladies from the beginning. I was like, you, I got kids that play hard, but I said, you guys got to learn to communicate. You got to work on your rotations. You can't be afraid to leave your man. You know, you got to realize that everybody's your man and you can guard anybody. And I got some, you know, some people that, you know, they think that, hey, this is my man. I'm guarding number 22. That's who I guard. And they don't realize you, you, you know, in our system, I want you to be able to guard everybody. So for it to work like we know it will work, we're going to have to work on our communication. We can't be afraid of making that rotation. But anybody out there that's looking at the score who think that, well, you know, they put us through what they put us through, then it's going to be, now, you know, now we got a chance. I, I'm going to tell you guys, you can think that, but we're still going back to the drawing board. We're going to keep working. So, Coach, looking at your schedule, you're going to be doing some traveling between now and the end of the year. Yes, very much so. I made the schedule a little tougher this year. I put a, put a lot of games on the road because I wanted us to be able to play in tough. I mean, I got I got all ages in this group. I got, like, a lot of young kids, a lot, uh, a lot of juniors and several seniors. So we, did, we have to do a lot of traveling. So I wanted them to be able to play in tough places and play against tough crowds. And hopefully by the end of the year we'll be battle-tested. Coach Corey Hines of the Fairmont Senior Polar Bears. Those girls pick up a win tonight in overtime over Lewis County. And, again, very difficult week um, for the Fairmont Senior Community. Our hearts and prayers go out to all of you guys, and we congratulate you on the win. We wish you the best of luck uh, moving forward this season. Hey, and thank you guys. Um, thank you guys for love and respect. I know her family, uh, they're going through a rough time, but we want to let them know that they are in our hearts and prayers. And um, we will be there for them, even not you know, just in the next few days, but we want to be there for them in the next few years. We want to show them that we are families when we love you guys. So, and I appreciate you guys. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. That's Corey Hines, head coach of the Fairmont Senior Polar Bears. We'll be back with our resident referee, Bo Anderson, when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for a high school basketball in the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. The Marshall University Sports Journalism degree is designed for you to find a job to put your knowledge and training to work after graduation. The program allows for students to concentrate into one of three exciting areas, print, public relations, and broadcasting. Our curriculum features skill-based courses and prioritizes hands-on, real-life experiences that not only exposes the students' work to the public, but also to sports journalism professionals who are often willing to provide crucial feedback and career-launching advice. Marshall has 15 varsity teams that afford sports journalism majors the opportunities to cover them in any media format, including text, online, photo, radio, or video. Hands-on experiences come through Marshall's student-powered media, the Parthenon, WMUL Radio, and Heard TV, as well as communications campaigns, off-campus internships, and an expansive alumni network in all areas of expertise. The Marshall University School of Journalism is ready and eager to help you start your sports media career. Learn more about the exciting possibilities by visiting marshall.edu slash sojmc 
Make sure you sign up for the Daily Hoops Roundup, part of BasketballNight.com. Every day we recap the day's scores just for you on all teams in West Virginia. It's all here at BasketballNight.com. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It is 11-22 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Chris Kidd, Joe Linville with you. Uh, remember, scores always available. The Marshall University Sports Journalism scoreboard is always available on basketballnight.com. Uh, we'll give you that full rundown um, before the end of the show one final time. But um, also, uh, you can see the scores scrolling across the bottom of your screen if you're watching us on Suddenlink uh, on Network West Virginia, uh, wherever you may be, or if you're watching us online on basketballnight.com, the numerous ways that you can watch us. Um, and we certainly appreciate all of you who have taken time out of your evening. We know that, um, you know, this is a show where people dip in, try to find their score out, maybe listen to something. We hope we can entertain you a little bit. Uh, along or have the way. something to listen to or, on their way home from the basketball oh, yeah. game. Right. That, we want to make that a <laughs> habit for you on Friday night. Uh, we respect what is done with the football program on Friday nights that has kind of put itself into the routine for high school football fans. We want to be that for high school basketball fans as well. Um, before we go to our resident referee, uh, I do want to mention real fast that uh, there was a girls' basketball game last night in Logan. I was able to watch it today. I watched it on uh, Pete TV. Um, but, uh, yeah, and, and um, it was between Logan and Wayne. Wayne picked up a six-point win uh, in Willie Acres Arena. Uh, Logan's girl is pretty good now, too, and uh, that, that was a good win. Uh, for the Lady Pioneers, as uh, Ariel Atkins had 39 points in that game to lead Wayne to that win, uh, 19 of them in the fourth quarter as a back-and-forth game, an excellent uh, basketball game. Uh, Joe, I did see Scott earlier this week. Um, that's a ball club that I know is uh, still still trying to get its footing. And um, but I, and I, you know, I don't say this lightly. You know that I don't just uh, say things to say them. Um, but that was a team that. I, I thought played as hard in the final minute as it played in the first minute. And I know that that may not be able to take a lot of solace out of it, but it talks to the character of the kids and the coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're rebuilding. You know, after Mackenzie White graduated and, and several others there a couple, three years back, you know, Scott's just kind of in that rebuilding mode. They There was a lot of things that happened at the school and so forth, but Brandon Burns is, is trying to take that program and rebuild it, and, and they're scrappers. Uh, I watched them play last night, and, and the same way, even though they lost, they were playing just as hard, uh, you know, with intensity the last uh, part of the game as they did at the beginning. So I just wanted to mention that out there. I, I did get to see them play. And, uh, you know, look, I, I, I'm fortunate I get to do um, public address for Wayne girls basketball home games. Tried to do a couple of boys games this year as well. It's just it's difficult because Friday nights are tough. It's only so many hours in the day, too. And I have to work. Man's got to work at midnight. So, uh, you know, I've got to sleep gonna, sometime, too. I'm going to say you and Jacob Clark are on the same schedule. <laughs> 
Jacob, it doesn't get any easier. Um, uh, let's put that one. Let's go to our resident referee now, Bo Anderson. As he is set now to join us on the program. Bo, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Hey, uh, well, I thought I'd call in late tonight so I wouldn't have to be on hold very long, and it worked. <laughs> oh, just 18 minutes. <laughs> yeah. What, what, I, hey, what I think's funny. Not bad. Yeah, for you, 18 minutes is like nothing. And meanwhile, yeah. for most callers, 18 minutes would be about as long as we let them go. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually don't have to go home and shave now. <laughs> um, hey, Bo, I was at yeah. a game this week, wanted to get jump right into it. Uh, there was a, a young lady uh, from a team that, that got injured, and apparently it was her dad because he was expressing his displeasure from, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't being rude. He just was hollering at the ref, you know, you should have called a foul. And, of course, you could tell the young lady was in intense pain, and he went to the floor uh, to check on her with the coach, and as they were making their way, of course, he, again, verbally, uh, you know, accused the referee of not calling a foul and so forth. So he only warned him. The same young lady got hurt again the second time, and, you know, the gentleman come out of the bleachers, you know, fussing at the officials, and he, you know, asked, you know, for the guy to be removed from the, the auditorium. Of course, he started toward the door, and then he turned around and saw his daughter still laying on the floor. She was, you know, definitely injured, and he stopped, you know, after he went toward the door and asked the officials, said, can I go over and check my daughter? check on my daughter and of course they obliged they stopped the game made both teams go to their benches let the gentleman go over and he actually you know after being over there a couple minutes picked up his daughter uh and and carried her out of the gymnasium once someone is ejected from the game is that protocol to not play until that person has actually left the auditorium Absolutely. Anybody that's ejected, you do not. Uh, we do not continue to play basketball until they are escorted out, and that's a problem with personnel other than the coach and the trainers uh, being out there on the floor. Uh, anyone who has a child that comes out on the floor needs to tend to that child. That should be the most important thing. Not belaboring to the officials about could have called, should have called, would have called. Right. Uh, every time somebody gets hurt, uh, there's a foul, which is not the case a lot of times. Uh, I've had that at myself where uh, a coach come out and instead of tending to his player, who just happened to be that player was his daughter, uh, fussing at me, and I ended up having to call a technical on him. And nobody t- – she went down in the lane. She'd already had uh, uh, knee work done on her, and she just uh, – caught her foot wrong when she started to go up for a layup nobody was around her twisted it and away the leg went and you know they always have to find somebody to blame when somebody gets hurt it's not always uh that there should have been a call so uh, you know anybody that's coming out to tend to injured players that should be the most important thing the injured player not a matter of how they got injured or why they're injured the fact that they are injured they need the attention not the people coming out in the stands and getting the attention themselves by speaking on their terms of what they think the officials should have done but anytime a fan a coach uh, any adult personnel is ejected we are not going to play basketball until they're out 
you could you could obviously tell by the time he made his way across the floor, he had already calmed down, and and his thoughts, like you said, was back toward his daughter. Uh, but yet they they still stopped the game. You know, they made no exceptions, and they stuck to their guns. Yeah, well, that's what they should have done. You know, he's not. We're not playing with someone in there. It's not supposed to be in there. Um, you know, now uh, players when they get if they get ejected, they they they're the only ones that. We don't have leave. They go to the bench and sit on the bench. Uh, the reason they're not adults, but any adult personnel, uh, whether it be coaches, fans, trainers, bookkeepers, if they get tossed, whoever, uh, they have to be out of sight. They cannot be in the facility uh, where the game's being played. Bo Anderson, our resident referee, we always appreciate you taking time out to talk with us. Uh, one more question, and I'm just going to – this is where we kind of turn Bo loose. Oh, no. <laughs> this is scary. Um, anything that you've run across that was maybe, you know, not routine um, within the past week that you want to share with our listeners and viewers? Well, uh, I haven't in my games myself personally – uh, but uh, I had to t- I talked to a couple of officials the other night, uh, young officials who had a game where a coach was going crazy because they thought that the officials were wrong and they were correct. What happened was a player had committed their fifth foul, but the scorekeeper did not tell the officials that that was five fouls. So they continued to play, and the player that had actually had five fouls got fouled and went up to the free throw line and made a free throw. And then the bookkeepers decide that the light comes on and the fact that that girl actually fouled out. Well, that coach wants the point wiped off. They want this. They want that. No, and the officials did it right. The rule is on a foul out. If a player it continues to play because of due to the failure to notify the officials by the bookkeeper, that player's points count. Anything they do counts. And the only thing that should have happened, and that's what did happen in that case, was then now you put the player out because you've been notified. The coach has got 15 seconds to get a sub in, and that sub will shoot the remaining free throws, whether it be one or two whatever it may be. In that case, it was one free throw. It was a two-shot foul. So the officials did the correct thing, uh, and they were glad that they did the correct thing. And, uh, you know, uh, that that's probably the you know the strange one that I've heard so far. It's not really strange. I actually had it happen in a game of, of mine several years ago. But uh, uh, the officials did the correct thing on that, and, uh, that you know, that's a little bit different, I mean, as far as that goes. Absolutely. Bo, always a pleasure. Hey, uh, thank you, Ryan. Be calling in again next Friday, and uh, I'll be coming back from somewhere. I'm a couple hours away from the house right now, so, uh, you know, got a little road trip left. But uh, uh, glad that uh, I got on quickly tonight. My battery still got some charge left. There you go. That's our resident referee, Bo Anderson. We'll be right back with Wayne High School girls basketball coach Wade Williamson as basketball Friday night in West Virginia rolls on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. A big thank you to all of our radio affiliates out there. We really appreciate you carrying the show. And if you know a radio station that should carry Basketball Friday Night, send them over to our website. Have them contact us because we want to be everywhere. Big thank you to Network West Virginia. You can watch us statewide. RSN Sports, they're carrying us on Facebook Live. And if you go to basketballnight.com, you can watch us on YouTube. And there's one other place. You can go to Twitter, watch us on Periscope. And what about those pics? Right now, your pictures are being featured on our video stream. And we'd like for you to send pictures from your game of your fans, anything that you think would be interesting, we'd like to feature it here as part of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. You can send your pictures to us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. You can send them through RSN Sports Facebook page or their Twitter or Instagram. So send us your pictures. We'll make it part of our video stream and include it here at Basketball Friday Night. In the video stream, everybody gets to see. Follow us on Twitter, of course, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. And we want you to tweet us information about your team's scores, comments on the game, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. And a big shout-out to Coalfield Sports, Jacob Clark, Josh Priest, Jabber Thompson, Drew Kahn. New followers tonight. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It is 1136 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Chris Kidd, Joe Linville with us here tonight. Let's go right back to the phone lines to Wade Williamson. He is the head basketball coach of the Wayne Lady Pioneers. They picked up a win last night in the Logan Fieldhouse. And uh, Coach Williamson, first off, uh, your team off to a 4-1 and one start. And last night, I felt like Logan was kind of lying in wait for you. And uh, you went in there, took one of the probably, uh, you know, might have t- taken their best shot, and you got out of the Logan Fieldhouse with a win. That is uh, definitely no small task. Yeah, thanks for having me, by the way. And anytime you can go to Logan and uh, go on the road in our conference and win a win a conference road game, that's always big. Uh, <clears throat> it was a great atmosphere there last night. Uh, they played they played well. We played well. Uh, both teams made a lot of big shots to kind of kind of keep the game right there interesting. And uh, yeah, we were just fortunate enough late in the game to to make a shot or two, make a foul shot, and salt the game away. So. You and I have talked about this team over the past few years having been young. You didn't even have a senior last year. You're not young now. Have you uh, – No. Not, not now. Uh, have you I – guess, I guess what I'm looking for here is um, has that progression shown with maturity on the court? Are you seeing that this year? Well, yeah, I think so. I mean, like, you know, with uh, – 
two about two minutes left in the game, we had a timeout, and the, the last thing I said to the, the girls going back out on the floor was, "Old teams with composure win games like this." And I think that it proved itself last night. You know, we've lost some games in the last four years. Some of the same kids playing <clears throat> in the same situation, and just wasn't able to hold on. So I think that uh, our maturity uh, last night show, uh, when they hit some big shots and took a lead on us a few different times, we just didn't bat an eye. We came back down and uh, did what we had to do and hit some big shots ourselves. I was able to get a few stops. So, yeah, I think the maturity um, definitely, you know, plays plays a big, big part in that. Ariel Atkins is a senior now. She had 39 points in that game last night, 19 in the fourth quarter. And while you've got a team that can spread the ball around, when it comes to crunch time, you have a go-to player. Yeah, we do, and, and she's she's proven that over four, over her four-year career for sure. And it's interesting; we've played five games, and this is the first time she's been our leading scorer. So, you know, it's um, it's not like the other kids aren't capable of scoring. But she was just uh, she was feeling it last night. Sometimes she gets that way. And, like see her that way all the time, but sometimes she gets that way, and that she was just uh, she real focused and real dialed in. And uh, I mean, I think she was twelve and sixteen from the floor, so and seven for seven from the foul line. You can't, you know, you can't do any better than that when when that's what you're getting. So um, she, you know, she can score. Um, she's definitely, you know, times been our for the most part over four years been our go-to scorer. Um, but I don't want to take anything away from the rest of our kids because they, you know, we had a kid in double figure rebounds last night. Uh, played solid defense for the most part, and uh, Logan very difficult to defend the way they spread you out, and then they got their big kid inside, and she's very difficult to handle. So you know, it was a total team effort uh, all the way around, really for us. It's total team effort. Another player I've been impressed with, and I've. I've had the chance to see you guys play twice uh, was Maddie Wilcox. Uh, That's a girl who is another threat to put up a double-double any night. And she blocks quite a few shots, but she also redirects a lot of shots uh, around the basket. She's a girl who really can get off the floor and and be uh, an impact defender um, down not only around the paint. I mean, I've watched her block shots in the three-point line before. Sure, yeah. She's uh, she's really athletic, and um, you know she didn't have her. She would tell you she didn't have her best offensive game last night, but she affected the game so many ways. But I mean, she was a double figures rebound on the basketball, um, you know, and uh, she's she's done it so much better, you know, from a from a maturity standpoint. Getting back to that, I guess, because she's learned how to play block shots and not foul. So she's. Um, you know, been able to stay, you know, stay in games, which earlier when she was younger, that was uh, an issue at times. Uh, and then she's gotten better offensively, too. So that's made us a little bit more versatile, um, being able to bring her out, you know, and create some uh, matchup problems. So been very tick- very tickled with her progression, uh, really, since she's big, you know, since she's a ninth grader. We've been very happy with her progression. She's worked very hard to get to this point and she's starting to see some of that you know fruits I guess of her labor basically and Lakin Adkins had to miss the last third or so of last season with a knee injury she missed all of volleyball season working to rehab that and um, Mm -hmm. 
uh, she's still kind of getting into the flow of things, but uh, that's just another solid athlete and skilled basketball player on the floor. Yeah, she's uh, she's done a great. I mean, my goodness, just, you know the things you have to go through to to get your uh, you know to, to uh, rehab at ACL, and, and and she stayed on time. She had a eight month, an eight month plan, and, and she did it to the day. And in fact, that she was ahead of schedule in some ways, but uh, no, there was no reason to push her back too fast. So we didn't. But uh, yeah, she's very skilled and is very capable. I mean, she's led us in scoring a couple times. And, uh, you know, she can do a lot of things on the floor from an athletic standpoint as well as she can shoot the ball. And, uh, she's very aggressive um, going to the basket. Uh, and, you know, she, she had seven points last night, and um, she had to defend somebody that was a pretty good player and, and, uh, and well, several people that were pretty good players. But <laughs> she done a very good job. She done a very good job on those, on those people. And sometimes we forget about that when we look at all these stats and stuff. Uh, you know, and how, how well did we defend somebody? And, and we did a pretty good job defending the people we you know wanted to defend. But hats off to uh, Logan last night. They had a couple other kids, you know, step up and make big shots and big situations. So, yeah, it is what it is. We just uh, battling, and uh, she battles, and she's she's continuing to get back in the flow, just like you said. And obviously, um, I'm in a situation where I know most of these kids, so I can't really. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know I have to kind of be careful with, uh, with not leaving anybody out, so I'm not doing that intentionally. But I right. do want to skip ahead here to the fact that I thought that last year there were times where your depth became an issue. That's not the case right now. No, we've uh, you know some of the girls, uh, actually the girls that uh, you know played a lot last year. You know they're able to. Uh, uh, come in and, and spell us in, in situations and uh, with Lakin being healthy and uh, um, Sarah Hooks, uh, Wayne, and uh, we have a couple of freshmen that's been getting in some. Haley Walsh played a great deal last night uh, just because of her defensive, um, you know, abilities. And uh, so, yeah, our, our depth is, is, is better. You know, it's much better. And, uh, and we were in a little bit of foul trouble last night, but we were able to, uh, you know, play through it. And that's what you got to do. You got to play through those things, and uh, because you're going to get in those situations if you got aggressive kids, and uh, we have aggressive kids, so we're going to be in those situations from time to time. And uh, so it's it's really nice to have the depth because, you know, it, it is what it is. Sometimes it makes it very difficult when you don't have it. Um, but when you do have it, it's, it's nice to have. Wayne's girls will travel up 152 north tomorrow, make a turn onto uh, I-64 west for a couple of miles across the 17th Street Bridge, the west end of Huntington, head over to Chesapeake, Ohio, for a 2 o'clock game tomorrow. Coach Williamson, uh, thanks for staying up with us. Good luck tomorrow, and uh, certainly look forward to catching up with you on down the road. All right, I appreciate it, Ryan. Thank you. All right, that's Wade Williamson, head coach of the Wayne Lady Pioneers. We'll be back with our final scoreboard check, cause time, poll question. Oh, we got a lot Can we get it all in? (laughs) That's the question. We'll be back with more on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
for scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. Of course, you can watch us on Sudden Link's Network West Virginia throughout the Mountain State. And you can also watch us online on Facebook, RSN Sports Facebook page. We appreciate both of those video affiliates. Also, we got great radio stations throughout the Mountain State broadcasting basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Our newest affiliate tonight, 103.7 Jack FM. WQWV Fisher, the Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, WKKX and Wheeling, 1370 AM, WVLY, Moundsville, Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel, Singing News Radio, 92.5 FM, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburn, Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM. Classic Hits 106 WHFI Linside 106.7 FM 95 The Sports Fox WBES Charleston 9.50 AM 101.9 FM and 12.90 AM WVOW and Logan Light Rock 93R WRRR St. Mary's 93.9 FM The Ticket 102.3 FM WMTD in Hinton 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP, Edmund, Beckley, 101.7 FM, WYATLP in Clay, and Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to basketball Friday night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It is 11.48 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. I'm Ryan Epling, Joe Linville with us. Chris Kidd is in studio with us as well. Joining us now, though, making his on-air debut of basketball Friday night in West Virginia is someone who I've known since shortly after his birth. I'm old. Uh, Kyle Powers is here with us now, future governor so it's of West an Virginia. Honor to uh, be with you guys on set. And yes, 2028 is going to come up real quick. So just keep <laughs> watch for that. Um, you have our poll question for the night. I do. So I'm going to read last week's poll question um, with the results. Uh, last week's poll question was Should coaches be given a warning before being assessed a technical foul? 63% of the voters said yes, and 37% said no. I was a little shocked at 37%. You yeah. would think that'd be. See, I don't even like the warning. I just pop the tea and go. That's right. That's me, but yeah. Um, You're guilty. (laughs) So I'll move on to this week's poll question. Um, Should West Virginia institute a running clock rule in the fourth quarter of a 25-point game when there has been a JV game? Yeah. And how do the people go to vote? They go Um, to basketballnight.com. Yeah, go ahead on over to uh, basketballnight.com to cast your vote. There you go. Important to note, though, that we want to say that that only would apply – when there was a JV game, because we do want to give those kids the opportunity to play as well. We'll get to Rick Kozlowski in just a moment. We're going to have to go fast, guys. So let's just go winners tonight in our Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. All right, we start with boys basketball tonight. 
And once again, we're just going to go uh, quickly here. It was Tucker County beating Gilmer County. Roan County picks up a win over Nicholas County, but Cannon Upshur defeats Riverside, Sissonville, George Washington, both winners. Parkersburg South beats Musselman, James Monroe beats Narrows, Virginia. North Marion beats Petersburg, Trinity over Mount Carmel Christian. Cameron over Bellsville, Ohio tonight. Moorefield defeats East Hardy. Madonna beats Steubenville Catholic Central. Valley Wetzel picks up a win at Magnolia. St. Mary's defeats Payton City. Bluefield defeats Mount, Mount View. Tonight, also, Jefferson beats St. John's. Um, moving on down the line here, Indian Creek, Ohio defeats Weir. Wayne defeats Huntington Grace Christian tonight. St. Clairsville, Ohio defeats Brook. Berkeley Springs picks up a win over Faith Christian. Capital, a three-point winner over Hurricane. Chapmanville, a big win at Scott. It was Charleston Catholic defeating Greenbrier West. Clay Battelle wins at home against 100. Elkins goes to Liberty Harrison and picks up a win. Philip Barber wins at home over Grafton. Woodrow Wilson goes to Greenbrier East and picks up a victory tonight. Hedgesville beats Hampshire 101-24. Logan wins at Hoover. Huntington picks up an impressive 27-point win at Parkersburg. University defeated John Marshall tonight. It was Fairmont Senior over Lewis County. Robert C. Bird picked up a win over Lincoln. It was the Lincoln County Panthers defeating Mann tonight. The It was Martinsburg picking up a win over Washington. It was Midland Trail that was victorious over Richwood. Mingo Central fell to Westside tonight. It was Nitro over Polka. Princeton over Pikeview. It was the Ravenswood Red Devils over Work County. East Fairmont was winners tonight over Kaiser. Shady Springs again a big winner over uh, Greater Beckley Christian. And it was Wheeling Park over Union Local of Ohio. Chris with the girls. Yeah, on the girls' side, Ritchie County with a win over South Harrison. Taze Valley Christian. Big winners tonight over Lincoln. Then you had Huntington St. Joe knocking off Triple A George Washington. Cabell Midland knocking off South Charleston. Also, Berkeley Springs, new score in, defeating Faith Christian tonight. Chapmanville with a 7.1 over Pocahontas County. Cameron defeating Valley Wetzel tonight by 20. Frankfurt winning big over Kaiser. Riverview picking up the win over Hurley, Virginia. Mount Montcalm with a 10-point win over Greater Beckley Christian. Sissonville Indians in a Cardinal Conference clash. Winners over Herbert Hoover. Meadowbridge winners over the Van Bulldogs tonight. Pikeview big win over Oak Hill. Preston with the victory over Elkins tonight. Fairmont Senior avoiding the upset by Lewis County in overtime. Martinsburg in a defensive struggle. Winners tonight by one over St. Maria Gorietta. Also, you have Summers County over 100 tonight. Winners over Richwood. And finally, Mingo Central with the win over Mount View this evening. That's your Marshall Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. And we did that so fast, we actually have a little bit of time here at the end. And you know what that means. It's cause time. Let's bring in Rick Kozlowski from the Martinsburg <laughs> Journal. He runs the evil empire. Very evil. Rick, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. I am your father. <laughs> You never know what to expect no. from this guy. <laughs> no. I think they conspire a little bit that time we have cause on hold. I may be wrong, though. <laughs> I think I'm right. Well, you know, I was, 
I was listening to the list of stations, and it just keeps growing and growing. And I hear the station. I've never heard, I've never heard of the station until tonight. W R R R. It's like a pirate call or something. That's Ryan's new favorite Arr. station. You know, Paul Paul is my favorite um, school for the most part that that we cover, and then. You know, W-R-R-R, I, I love all of our affiliates, but that's my favorite one to say. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> R. 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 All right, we better talk or we're going to be out of time. Yes. Uh, <laughs> all, that time, all, all that time we saved him, we we've now lost it. Um, uh, Rick, yeah, uh, we just lost all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, you can you can tell Rick has put the newspaper to bed for the night, and it's uh, it's, it's time to rest a little bit from that regard. Uh, tonight, though, uh, Martinsburg uh, picking up a big win over Washington. Musselman losing um, at West Virginia State University to Parkersburg South. Hedgesville, an impressive uh, 104 points tonight, and it's win over Hampshire. And it seems like the year has changed, but it's not necessarily much different in terms of which schools are the ones to keep an eye on to make a postseason run from the Eastern Panhandle? Well, I think in, in uh, a lot of ways, uh, basketball might be down around this area this year. Uh, I know Muslim graduated a lot of players from last year. They have a Division One signee in Jake Stevens, but they're an awful young team. Martinsburg is extremely experienced basically brought back the same team as a year ago. Uh, right now, they're, I saw them play against uh, Loudoun Valley out of Virginia on Wednesday. Loudoun Valley team that uh, won a division state championship and went 30-1 and last year. Uh, Martinsburg had the lead in the first half, and it was almost like, okay, well, things are going so well, we can just kind of cruise and uh, Loudon Valley kind of righted itself and you know got uh, back to going. And Martinsburg struggled a little bit in the second half against that team. Very good team, though. Uh, Edgesville looks like, to me, to probably be the second-best team around here this, this season. Uh, I don't know that uh, scoring 101 points tonight is a, is a real good indicator of, of what Hedgesville can do. But that, certainly when you hear Hedgesville scoring 101 points, your eyes have to open, right? Because That's everybody a, seems to think that seems to think that Hedgesville is a team that likes to hold the ball. Uh, Kelly Church, the coach, told me before the season. He says we might be a little bit different this year. We might do something like press on occasion. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I, I, I dropped the telephone and said, "What your view?" He says, "Yeah." So we feel like we got you know some different kinds of athletes this year. We can do some different things. So it'll be interesting to uh, to watch them. Certainly, I don't think they've been uh, tested uh, very much in the competition area. Poor Hampshire, they've they they're really struggling right now. Yeah, it, it, it's been I mean, interesting. I'll oh, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Somebody say something. <laughs> well, I was just going to say that. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say that one. That was a Hedgesville school that you know scored 33 points in a state championship game a few years ago and won. And uh, two has had two very dynamic Division One scorers in uh, QJ Peterson when he went to VMI, 
And uh, C.J. Burks at Marshall now is averaging uh, you know, close to 15 points a game. It's not like they're they offensively score. deficient. Uh, no, and if you, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you uh, know, know about C.J. right now. He's playing in the Czech Republic. Uh. And, yes, and apparently he's got quite the, uh, the following. Uh, they, they seem to, uh, oh, God, I'm losing... They have a nickname for him because he apparently dunks all the time. He's only six foot now, but he could uh, he could do that at Hedgesville as well. He could get off, really get off the uh, off the floor. But apparently he's he's got a cult type following because of his ability to dunk, and he's pretty much the leading scorer for the team out there. Uh, that, that's fantastic, Rick Kozlowski, the Martinsburg Journal. We we have to say good night. We thank you for hanging in, and always we enjoy cause time at the end here of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We still have just a couple of seconds. Chris, your final thoughts for the night? Oh, again, well, I just I appreciate you guys asking me to come on again. Again, you guys do a great service for this state, to, for a lot of the communities that carry you guys. It's a wonderful thing to have on Friday nights and get so much exposure for these communities, and thank you for letting me be on again tonight. Joe. Real quick, uh, the floor at Summers County High School was named after Wayne Ryan, and we'll talk more about that next week. Yeah, that was a big <laughs> night for him and a big night across the mountain state. That will do it for this edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for the entire crew behind the scenes, including Kyle Powers, who's counting me out right now, for our good friend Chris Kidd, who came up from WVOW in Chapmanville, and for Joe Linville. I'm Ryan Epling. We'll be back next week, 9 to midnight. See you then. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved.